Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches, a podcast from the Geek Girls perspective, and I am the head huntress, and it also, ladies and gentlemen, witches out there, happens to be the season premiere of season five. Five in April will, have, will be the done All right. five years. So, uh, you know, we're saw. staring our fifth anniversary in the face. And it sounds like Happy a fifth anniversary. anniversary. Oh, thank you. It's going to come in the same way <laughs> we brought it in the first time, even though we didn't actually talk about it on the show, which was funny. Game of Thrones. It'll probably be a Game of Thrones episode. So, uh, you know. I've never heard of that. What is that? Is oh, that, no. Is that a new thing? never heard of that. Did you? No. Anyway, that's no. a long ways off, but welcome to season where five. I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even ask me that. I have no idea where I am. Uh, we, I don't know if people listen to end of season four, but um, our longtime host, the one to help me, one of my founders of the show, Queenie Todd, has decided to move on to bigger and better things, and we miss her dearly. And uh, Queenie, Queenie, though, will will be far from a stranger, and I'm sure they will be back to talk to us about their shenanigans in Seattle. And if, in, <laughs> from my cool. mouth to God's ears, I ever get paid again, <laughs> I'm going to go to <laughs> Seattle and see Queenie at, at, at Crypticon this year and uh, also meet, meet, visit some people down there and Chris Gusta and a bunch of other stuff. But... I can't get ahead of myself because I've got two other expenses that are already partially paid for. And we're going to talk about those when we preview the season. But first things else, we don't have, uh, just because Queenie is gone does not mean we are alone. No. First of all, let me bring back my regulars that have been with me for, since the beginning in Clifton Forge, Virginia, please welcome to our show, the sexy porn witch, Erin Marie. Hello. Good. Welcome. Season, season five. Season five. You were in season one as a guest, and here you are, a regular, and it's season five. <laughs> so Now we have added our... Oh, we, we always expand our coven because, you know, there's safety in numbers, as they say. Uh, so uh, before we move on, I, I do want to ask... Aaron Marie, since let's, let's pretend like no one has heard this show at all. They have no idea who Sexy Witches are. They just happen to look on Stitcher or Sprocket or whatever, Spreaker, whatever the hell you're doing nowadays in the engine searches, and they see us. Um, tell them a little bit about yourself and what you do and what are your fields of interest and in geekdom. Ah, that is a good question. Inquiring minds want to know. Oh, yeah. First and foremost, 
I am absolutely a horror geek, 100%. I am not some silly little soccer mom. And I used to be a soccer mom, but I used to hate that analogy when people used it for Walking Dead fans because I like the goriest shit ever. I fav- One of my favorite movies was a certain film. Come on. <laughs> soccer you know, I just saw that for the first time yesterday. <laughs> sorry, sorry, but that is a film. Wow. Right? It's intense. That's one um, word. Marvel. Absolutely love uh, Marvel, Joss Whedon, except for Firefly. Yeah. Sorry, I, I did not enjoy Firefly at all. It just didn't have Joss's uh, humor to it. I go to all kinds of conventions and have been for this is my seventh year. <laughs> um, I have been in Plan 9, which is a remake of Plan 9 from Outer Space. So I was a featured zombie in that. I got to die on screen. That was nice. Um, I've gotten to do a lot of things, and That's all very I hope cool. to keep doing. <laughs> well, She's it's my a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Uh, well, yes. we'll get to you, Steve, soon. Just you know, be patient. We're gonna get to you. I hear you over there. <laughs> but Miss, and I heard um, hello, checking. <laughs> So, and Miss Erin Marie also I, happens to be on our show, our, usually our, our expert television person. Because if anybody slams or, or can binge a show in a short amount of time, be it new oh, or old, absolutely. it's Erin Marie. So, uh, so not only horror, and she's our resident <laughs> TV geek. And, well, let's just say the porn in her name is not a moniker, per se, that she got from um, Picking Flowers. Uh, so we won't go there, There's will we? Other than the fact. So we're, we're going to get back to you, Erin Marie, and I got to move all the way across the way to our L.A. correspondent. But that name is almost redundant now, and I'll explain that in a minute. But nonetheless, it's always welcome. He's my partner in crime on the West Coast, and he will be accompanying me again to San Diego Comic-Con 2019 for the 50th anniversary. Hell yeah, full boat the ride. Bastard. Please welcome to the show, Erin Kogan. How you doing, sir? You're on Thank you, thank you. How y'all doing? There's deafening silence on the air. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's just, I'm so excited know. for tonight's show. I'm doing fine. What the hey, man? Come on. Yeah, I'm very excited. People very need excited. their coffee. Okay, we have two very rookie podcasters on the line. So I'm sure, personally, they've already made a mistake because I know they're probably <laughs> both wearing pants. And you should never wear pants when you're podcasting. Oh. Um, uh, the second of all, you I should did, always you have... put on pants for this. No, no, don't <laughs> put on pants for podcasting. You should never wear pants when you podcast. None of us do. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so the well, other thing is you should mistake. always have some kind of whiskey or drink next to you. I do you have throw, a... Yeah. You talk a lot. And and so that's the other thing you need to do as podcasters. But anyway, so us, Aaron Kogan, I so will get back drink. to you in a minute because we have a lot to talk about. But let's get oh, yes. to our since they're already chomping at the bit. Let's introduce our co-hosts. First of all, um, in Queenie's ashes, the phoenix shall rise. But in this case, it's not a phoenix; it is a raven, and it's a raven that goes all over the United States, traveling hither and there and everywhere. But right now, currently residing in. 
Los Angeles, California. Please welcome our permanent co- new co-host for the Sexy Witches, Raven Jasper Hawk. Thank you for coming Ooh. on the show, and yeah. thank you for taking the job. Thank you. I, um, I'm wearing leggings right now, and I feel like an idiot. <laughs> oh, I'm wearing leggings today, too. Yeah. I, because it's fucking freezing. Does that count as no pants? Like, it, it doesn't mm-hmm. count as pants. Leggings do not count as okay. pants. Okay, okay. Wear leggings. Who does right. wear pants? Well, then okay? I don't wear pants for Well, you I don't. still got that's, it. That's, that's the truth. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, how it works. So. so we've all now established we're not wearing <laughs> pants. So that's great. Um, so Raven, um, and I want actually I should go back to Aaron and have him do this, but we do have a lot to talk about. But Raven, I want you to introduce yourself to the sexy witchdom out there. Talk about what you do, who you are, and what your fields of geekdom are. Hi there. Great. Um, I am a resident theater geek. I got addicted to theater when I was five years old and forced to be in The Sound of Music. Um, and so now, <laughs> now I've done like one to three shows a year since 1984. Um, and I really love horror musicals. Specifically, I was in the world premiere of Spider Baby, the musical. It was authorized nice. by Jack Hill. Nice. I got to play Virginia very, Mary, very which is cool. like the best part. Um, and I've done stuff like Cannibal, the musical. If there's a zombie in it or someone comes back to life and you can sing to it, I've probably at least been in the audience for it. Um, oh, and, and other I, than I, that... I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was just going to say... There was a certain movie out this Christmas I'm sure that you went to go see. Oh, I actually haven't seen it yet. I'm such a bad uh, nerd, but I know I thought, what you're talking about, and I I'm going to. <laughs> uh, uh, I know. Anyway, I'm one of the ones I really desperately wanted to see, but I couldn't find it anywhere for this. Uh, bad panda. Well, other than geeking out to crappy musicals, I'm usually playing World of Warcraft. Uh, World of Warcraft, I have my own guild, thank you. Uh, And then I have a miniature chihuahua named Button, so I'm kind of a dog geek, too. All righty. And and it's good that you're a gamer geek, because Queenie was our resident gamer geek on the show, so we lost all the gaming talent with with Queenie. Uh, But I do have, and and, and the preview, and we'll talk about this down the road, I have someone that's going to do a a full preview of Gen Con for us this year. Uh, So we will talk about that down the road. That'll be a lot of fun. We've got a few things up my sleeve for this season. As usual, I'm not working too hard yet on it. Actually, I've been having a lot of time to work on it. But that's not a story. So, Aaron Kogan, <laughs> also, because you're not usually calling yes. in on a regular basis, but you're pretty steady. Tell them what you do, and because uh, you're also in the LA area, so I'm actually going to sometimes throw you two together uh, to do tag team events or work event together or crash event together. You know, yeah. do something. Yes. So, so tell them a little bit about yeah. yourself and, and introduce yourself to Raven because you're officially now partners in crime. Hi. We are now partners in crime them. here on the West Coast, West Coast, Best Coast. Um, yeah, Ooh. I've got a bunch of projects that I'm interested in, and, and uh, watching Raven on Facebook, I, I see a couple that we definitely need to talk about. As for myself, Excellent. I am a huge Disney nerd, um, have my annual pass, go to the, the big convention uh, every time it's out here on the West Coast. 
I'm a member of the D23 Disney Fan Club and go to their events as well. Uh, and, and then I'm just, you know, jack of all trades, master of none. I'm a comic book geek. I'm a Marvel geek. I'm a video game geek, as long as we're talking PlayStation. Uh, I, I'm a collector of every kind of silly Star Trek, Star Wars ephemera you could think of. Uh, my garage, which is a two-and-a-half-car garage, is literally filled with crap of that sort. And uh, He's I've not been going to Comic-Con. Oh, man, it's bad. <laughs> I've been going to Comic-Con uh, since Harlan Ellison's been freaking out. So it, it, quite a while, a while. Is, I guess, what I would be saying there. Yes, yes sir. That's a while. <laughs> That's my yeah. favorite term of measurement right there. I'm going to steal that. Yeah, if, if you ever want the gory details, I can tell you about the very first Comic-Con I went to where Harlan Ellison completely freaked out and oh, uh, yes, started please. cursing God. and everything on the microphone. It was amazing. Of course he did. That's amazing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, Mr. God Ellison. Rest in yeah. Oh, All my goodness. We miss him. Okay, so... Uh, so look to see them together in L.A. I'm going to sometimes put them. Sometimes, which actually is funny because that was the one downside I was worried about. We already have my cousin Aaron covering L.A., but L.A. is so large, there's room for everybody. So Raven can do other shows, and we can do all sorts of stuff, and I intend to go see her when I'm, if she's still there, because she might move on. Who knows? She's always That's doing fair. something cool. She's always following the theater, as we know. Uh, so, uh, you know, if she's still there, I'm going to go see her when I go down in the summer. We're going to San Diego Comic-Con again. But I'm going to push in two days ahead of that because I'm going to make this man wade through Star Trek land with me, uh, which I'm sure he's going to preview for us this year as well because you have the past, sir. Oh, yes. Star Wars land? Star Wars land. Oh, yes. What is it called? The, the uh, Disney release of, yeah, Star Wars is Land it? is set to be the biggest kingdom in any Disney park, and uh, they're already talking about ridiculous numbers for first-day attendance. I mean, basically, if you're not standing in line now, you may not get in. It's it's just <laughs> nuts. Yeah, I, I so, but that's we'll talk about Aaron and I. We'll talk about that off air, um, <laughs> yeah, because that's a long ways <laughs> off. Uh, and and the cool thing is he uh, lives nearby, so if I can't do it during the San Diego, I'll just go see him another time. And, you know, Disney is not going anywhere. So, but they are serving alcohol and a bucket list item since I was four years old was to have blue milk in the cantina. <laughs> Listening to the jizz band, and I'll get to do that now. So there, you're going to be able to do it. Ooh, I'm going to be able to do it. So, uh, so, so back to our last and the person that's been giggling the most on our line tonight uh, is uh, is uh, my new co-host. He's our guest host tonight. He's not a regular on Sexy Witches, though I have a feeling he's going to be on quite a bit. Uh, but he is my new co-host for Repo Nerds, which will start its new season on Thursday. Uh, for people who don't know what Repo Nerds is, it's my spinoff of this show, and it's a little bit more of a traditional review show. However, we always do one or two films that are first watches every episode. This year is going to expand a little bit because I'm going to bring other people in uh, that have a few 
films on their shame list that we need to rectify. One of those is going to be Aaron Kogan, who has never seen The Sound of Music. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, well, I, know. Oh, I know, right? I know, right? And I'm a musical uh, geek. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He is a musical geek. I know. He is a fucking king. Pirate king. In He's the pirate king. I know. I know. I was the pirate <laughs> king. I... I I actually Wait, did pirate, as okay. scene work. Okay. I did your sixteen going on seventeen. Anyway, I sang we'll, that. Oh we'll get back to it. that later. We'll get back to that later because we are going to have some okay. serious talk about that, Mr. Aaron Cogan. That's but a can of worms. The person that's going to <laughs> yeah. help me bring on the shame list with our guests and ourselves is longtime fan and also maniac on my madness, like much like Raymond has right. been on. And that is Mr. Steve Wandelane. Please welcome Woo-hoo. everybody. My new oh, host, gosh. the Sexy wow. Witches. Woo! All right, Mr. Woo! Steve, everybody, tell people calm down. where you're from. I can't. Oh, you're talking to us. Okay, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't work. Um, but um, welcome to the show. Welcome to Repo Nerds. Thank you so much. I'm so happy Please to be here, and I'm tell... happy to be a Repo Nerds. Woohoo! I'm happy to have a new co-host on Repo Nerds. I wasn't <laughs> sure I was going to revive it or not, but when you were asked, when I asked for you know new help for the show for season five, and your name threw in, immediately I knew that you were going to be perfect for Repo Nerds. So, so thank you for be- saying yes, and Raven too, of course. Thank you, absolutely, and thank everyone you. else. I had really good response. I had about five people that asked to be on the show, and everyone, because Erin Marie and I had long talks about it on the internet, uh, we, you know, everyone had something to offer. Everyone did. And I'm hoping that nice. the other people will come on and be on the show uh, as correspondents for things that they do that in is the future. So, nice. Fantastic, yeah, it's really cool. So, Steve, so yeah. tell people where you're from. And <laughs> hold on just a moment. We'll go. And, Right, we'll get to you in a minute. Steve, tell everyone where you're mm-hmm. where you're located ish and what you do, what's part. your geekdom and all that fun stuff. Right, right, right. Well, I am in the heart of Appalachia. As we say, I think everyone else says Appalachia, but it's Appalachia. I live in Charleston, West Virginia. And um it's a booming metropolis. Um, of culture and entertainment. No, it's fine. It's great here. Um, I am really into horror films um, um, as a subset of just film in general, but um, I fell in love with horror as a kid. Uh, um, Still love it. You know, it's just, it's what I, uh, you know, uh, you all get it, right? Um, I love that. I love uh, indie films as well. Um, Really try to get into that whole circuit. Um, And outside of that, um, I also... Uh, gosh, I don't know what uh, my geekdom also goes into. Uh, sorry, I, you, you, Aaron, you're Marvel, right? I, I'm a really big DC yep. fan, which uh, um, I am a very big DC the, the comic fan. Right on, right on. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I can tell it was very. It's like all right, man. All right, all right. I hear. You. Yeah, no, I, I really like DC <laughs> comics. I like horror films. Uh, you know, um, just film in general, and um. A lot of music. I mean, I like a lot of different music as well. So those those are my three big areas of geekdom. I would say if I if I had to narrow it down to three, but really I'm just a big old geek. And and, and it's great because you know we I'm looking at the list of films that we're talking about, and it's kind of yeah. wonderful like what we decided for our first episode of Repo Nerds, and which is by the way going yeah. to be Thursday. 
I either it's gonna be are we doing nine p.m. or ten p.m. Steve? That is, you know what? Did we decide on that? No, usually it's either you know you, it can be nine or ten because we only do an I'm, hour. I can I, so I can do whichever one you want to do. I can, all right, we well, can, it'll we either can be nine p.m. Eastern or ten p.m. Eastern. <laughs> it's uh, owners is a little bit shorter. It's only an hour. Tonight is going to be nice and long, folks. So strap in. We got a lot ground to cover, and we have plenty of airtime. So nobody feel rushed. We're going to get through this, and we're going to talk about our stuff and enjoy it. Uh, but Repo Nerds, our first episode is going to be about one of my favorite actors, and we decided to both buck, uh, do first watches of his work, and it's Mr. The Danish Hot Boy, the Mads Milkinson. If there's ever been a geek boy, it's definitely the Mads. So and uh, and uh, so I am I'm, I'm a fan of his. He has two films coming out uh, this week, uh, Polar and Arctic. Yes, okay, Polar and Arctic, <laughs> which is, like, super confusing. I loved it. I loved it. Oh, my God, but, but it's great. What, one is, a, like, a survival movie, and the other one is, like, John Wick going postal. I, you know, I, it's one of those kind of things. I don't know which is which, honestly, but I don't care because it's Mads Milkson. I'll watch it. And, but I had actually never seen Hannibal. I haven't seen Hannibal, so oh. I've been watching Hannibal right now. I'm in I'm two thirds of the way through season three right now. I'm gonna probably burn through the rest of it tomorrow and Thursday, right before air. Um, I'm episode nine, thirteen go. episodes, uh, and then of course I made him watch one of my favorite Oscar nominees the last few years, uh, which is the Dane. Uh, tell him which one you're watching. About uh, Royal Fair. A royal affair. A, ro- uh, a royal affair. I said that. You could really hear the West Virginian that. A royal affair. A royal affair. A royal affair, <laughs> man. It was good. They all they dressed real nice, and there's there's a lot okay. of different stuff I didn't expect. No, no, it's it was uh, it was really it's. It's very good. We'll talk about it on Repo Nerds. But yeah, yes, no, I we're going to talk about it on the show, but it is a surprise. I, I love that movie, and even if you don't like it, I'm hoping you can appreciate why I would like it. Cause it's oh, yeah, and, absolutely and then, yeah. appreciated it. As so, a fellow and, and, Appalachian, do I sound like that sometimes? <laughs> uh, I can't hear anybody. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Steve, so, uh, yeah. did you, I, I heard part of it. I think Raven can hear Aaron, but I can only hear Aaron partly, and then you can't hear anybody, Uh-oh. and we can just all, like, I run can hear and welcome. <laughs> I, everyone can hear me, because I'm just loud. That's yeah. how it works. But, right. Um, right. So before we get into our uh, the Oscars, which we're going to do in a couple minutes here, we're going to do about a half an hour on the Oscars before we move into oh, our yeah. favorite films. Um, oh, I yeah. wanted to talk about me. <laughs> I know that's All right, let's talk about say. you. But yeah, um, we're going to talk about um, not a whole lot because, as you know, there is a law that actually says that I can't talk about it very much. But there, I don't know if you know that I am an archivist that's on Sexy Witches. Archivist is my day job. I am a archives tech at the National Archives and Records Administration in College Park, Maryland. We are 45 minutes from downtown D.C. Uh, now I guess I get what it. that means. Yeah, it means, yeah. It means <laughs> I've been that, out I of work. about a shutdown. Yeah, yeah. I've been out of work since 21st. That's a big boom. So is my... My husband also works for the archives. He is out of work. So our income went from 
middle class no. to absolutely zero. Uh, <laughs> I'm making Jeez. less. My friend who makes 90 bucks a day right now tutoring kids is making more money than I am. Uh, <laughs> so, Which is funny because usually he's begging us for stuff and money and whiskey, and now we're begging him for whiskey. Uh, so uh, <laughs> now don't worry. We're not starving. We're fine. We're going to be fine Good. for a while. Um, you know, uh, my, my husband and I, you see, I, 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 I grew up like, like, like super like welfare cheese poor. Uh, so mm. I, I can live well mm-hmm. below my means. I've always been able to, uh, you know, I literally, when I moved her away from home, I literally was one of those kids with two suitcases and a hundred bucks in her pocket and got on a bus. <laughs> That's how I got, when I had my first job. It was in New Mexico, and that's what I did. I grabbed two suitcases, $100, and a bus ticket, and went to New Mexico. Uh, so, you know, uh, I, and, you know I, I can do <laughs> shit like that. I don't want to do shit like that anymore. I'm getting too no. old for this shit. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, our father-in-law just moved in with us in October. Uh, he's 76. Uh, and then I have a nine-year-old. So um, the only sense of schedule that I even have is hers. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, sure. you know, Grandpa's retired, so he doesn't have a schedule. And so mm. you know, d- days and nights start blending. Um, it's completely demoralizing, uh, especially when you hear people say, "Oh, you're having a paid vacation." Uh, you know, I'm really glad that oh, they said, God. yes, we're going to get our payback at the end of this whole thing. Uh, but we aren't guaranteed Did that they? the I government's going to even reopen. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, I the, <laughs> you know. This, uh, this you is know, unprecedented. And, You're right. Uh, you know, we, we, this is, we're, we're 32 days into this. It's over a month. Um, today yeah. was the deadline for payroll to go in. So we have definitely missed paycheck number two as of Friday. Um, you know, the, the first part of this shutdown wasn't so bad. It hit the holidays. A lot of people are on vacation, honestly, at that time period. Things are slower. Um, session is out. Uh, but now we're in February. We're supposed to be rolling. Uh, <laughs> this is supposed to be like mm. this time of year. Government does a lot of stuff. You might be noticing that the, that the scoutist has been doing a lot of things. That's because not a lot of people are in town in February. So a lot of in work gets done in February, if you understand what I'm saying, like a lot of eternal stuff and, you know, it's a good time to be in DC, you know, you know, everyone right. stay in the buildings. It's cool. Uh, it's like going to a ghost town, you know, uh, have you ever mm. seen Logan's run? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Logan's Fantastic. run, they go to DC. That's where their run ends. Is in DC. Right? It looks like that. That's right. <laughs> you know, mm, it is quiet. No vines. We haven't gotten to vines yet. Give it time. <laughs> but, but what about it, a temple it, with a whole bunch of cats? Runner. Oh, yeah. Cats. No, 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 no. Old man with cats in no, the state capital yet. Evil squirrels. I mean, yeah, like ginormous yeah. evil squirrels, and and um, you know pigeons. There's all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, so there's, you know, might not be cats. Yeah, no, but there's old, plenty of old men there still. I don't want to <laughs> oh, deal with sure. that. Oh, sure. There's no shortage. That's not the half I want. <laughs> no, no, right. You know, right, right. As long as one of them is Roscoe Brown. Yeah, <laughs> see, that was the plan all along. That was the plan oh, all along. Have 
white men oh, in DC. I, I, I'm not going to get into it any more than that. I, I just want to talk about how it's personally affecting my family. Um, you know, I, I, but no, this is not a vacation because we have to be ready to report within two hours of the furlough ending. So, uh, yeah, so we can't even really leave. I mean, we're going to do it anyways. <laughs> what are they going to do? Fire <laughs> me? Uh, you know, <laughs> they, you know, it, gosh, that would just be awful if they did something yeah. like that to you. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm, we're lucky though. We're the lucky ones. We're okay. We can fire them from employment if we needed to, even though we'd have to totally pay it back. So we've been kind of dragging our feet to see how long this actually goes before we apply. Um, we've yeah. applied. We just haven't taken the next step. If you know what I'm saying? So there's record of us applying, right. but we haven't gone through any farther. Uh, you know, so, but there's people working right now in, in places that are not getting paychecks that are working and, and yet they're, you know, they're, they're G, GS is not a lie. You know, there's not, a, you know, the, the, the gambit of the government runs, the salaries are huge. I mean, there's the, for every person that makes the top end, there's several to make low into. I mean, it's, it's not, there's no, you know, there's no, like everyone makes $80,000 a year. No, the average no. TSA, yeah, the average TSA security officer makes 19 an hour, so that's not that much <laughs> over the over minimum wage, and you know, and they, that their income, they're probably the single income to their families a lot, um, you know. So like I said, there, uh, and contractors who are, you know, there was this big privatization thing that went through the government a while back. And so a lot of contractors work for the government, but they have no reason to believe their jobs are secure. And so those people aren't getting paid at all or and won't get any uh, money back. Um, no, their students, just, yeah. you know, I'm, I work for an archive. Nobody's getting research done. No one's looking up smoking yeah. guns. No one's working with transparency in government. Dissertations aren't being done. Your your food isn't being inspected because the FDA's Agricultural Museum uh, archive. You can't go look up the piece of paper that tells you what specs you need. Uh, you know, there's lots of ways. Well, this ripples out, and you might not see it Absolutely. in your dinner plate, but you're gonna feel it in your stomach eventually. Uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah. be careful out there, folks. You know, be careful what you wish for when I see day. all this should and fraud. Because there's a lot of should and fraud out there, especially because nobody likes the TSA. You know, it's not, I don't blame the people that work the TSA. The managers, it's another story, but the rank and file don't feel should and fraud. It's not fair to them. They didn't deserve this. They're just working class families. Okay, I'm stopped yeah. now. I'm done. All right, everyone, give a clap to the hardworking uh, people listening. like myself. Way, <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to bring in 2019, right? With a government <laughs> shutdown <laughs> and total fucking chaos. It makes what we're doing tonight almost feel not important at all. You know what I'm saying? Hashtag I mean, MAGA. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> no, don't hashtag MAGA on my. No, please don't do that. I actually any any reference to MAGA or or anything that's even slightly partisan, I cannot make it go away because there's a law that says that I cannot look like I'm yep. endorsing a candidate in any way or talking bad about that's one. That's true. So, yeah, that's true. Um, matter of fact, I was talking no, to Aaron about this what, a year ago. Do you remember Aaron yep. in the parking lot at Disneyland? 
what was I telling you that day that was happening? That the hash uh, act was being was being activated early. Yep. Because <laughs> oh. it's the earliest and, uh, and anybody was, has ran for president while being president. Yeah, and so anybody running hmm. for president, I can mention once that they're running for president, but that's it. I can't say yay or nay yep. about them. Nothing good, nothing that's bad. It. Even if even if it's directly Crazy. related to my work or if it's a fact. Yeah. I even I even have the there's even a regulation of how many bumper stickers I'm allowed to have on my car. The answer is one. Uh, <laughs> yep. So uh Two or more would just be insane. Yeah. Well, but, you know, I can go and do stuff on my off time. They don't actually restrict much off time. They just want to make sure that you're not representing the government as a, uh, and endorsing a candidate. That's what the law is for. It makes sense to an extent, but this is the first time it's been used to silence people. I get it. So I, I mean, I get that. that um, yeah. That's just... Uh, it's 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 a really really messed up situation. Weird, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. All right, it's so let's bizarre. get off of it this. It feels bizarre. <laughs> I'm, all right. Well, now that I've talked about my, I just had to get it off my chest because I've been posting on Facebook. And if you want to know about the shutdown, I, I ha, I'm doing documents in the shutdown, and, and some of them are my own statements. Some are actually relatively un. Um, unbiased articles about what's happening on the shutdown and the border because not because there's so much partisan stuff out there I actually feel like I would need to post stuff that's more factual and so people can make an informed decision well I've lived in El Paso area I know what's happening down there Uh, a lot of people don't but that's another story we'll talk about that on another episode Uh, matter of fact we have an episode where we're going to celebrate Latin cinema in February, so maybe that would be a good time to talk borders. Oh, yeah. So, we got two, actually. Always a good time. Always a good time. In the words of Danny Quayle, I I wish I'd studied Latin. (laughs) (laughs) Forgot about that one. Wow. (laughs) All right. It's 930. Let's let's put my soapbox to bed, because we got some frivolous shit to talk about. Normally, what we do, and this is the first of the year, we always, first episode of the season, that's where it is, <laughs> we always do this, we talk about the Oscar nominations which happened this morning, and then we talk about our favorite films in our sexy witch round robin, the best of 2018, we'll talk about that when we get closer into it, but first let's talk about the Oscar nominations, because they came out normally I'd be woohoo, great thing to do this time of year, get ready for the Oscar noms, uh, right now I'm like oh my god is Oscars even that important I don't know. You know, they're just kind of almost an afterthought for me uh, this year. But let's talk about them anyways because we are a fandom film geek podcast. So sure, yeah. All right, I'm gonna just read. I'm not gonna read every nominee in every category, but I will read all of the best picture ones again, just to remind people, and then we'll have a quick talk. All right. So Black Panther, Black Clans, Bohemian Rhapsody. My favorite on the list, I think the dark horse on the list, I should say, not necessarily my, but yeah, my favorite is the favorite. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the mm-hmm. favorite. Uh, Green Book, Roma, yeah. A Star is Born, yeah. and Vice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. 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 You're <laughs> the, the, the favorite for the win. It's not going to. No- 
I have not seen Green Book yet, but I really, really, really want to because it just looks like an incredible story. And to know that it's a true story after watching it at the Golden Globes, you know, um, I was very fascinated by it, and I desperately want well, to see it. It's got Vigo in it, yeah. and I, who was also nominated, and I, you know, it's first time, and I love Vigo. And I'll watch him in anything. I'll watch him in a phone book. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, um, so I I, I'm too. cool with that. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I'm okay. I, I'm really, you know, I wish I could say that this, like, we always end up saying this, right? I wish this was a more exciting list. Last year, I think, was a bit more exciting list because a lot of genre was represented, even though, of course, we have a comic book film, the first actual comic book yeah. film nominated for Best Picture. Um Here's the thing, and I won't get into it because I'm sure. Uh, let's not talk about Black Panther now because I'm sure it's going to come up in our best of talk because at least one Good of us mind. is going to have it on our top five. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but is it really truly best picture material? Oh yeah. Higher <clears throat> <It most laughs> a one, yeah, and one um, on any number of levels. Oh, gosh. Um, I'm afraid Disney will send someone to my house to kill me if I say no. So um, <laughs> uh, it's the greatest film ever made. And uh, I hope they make 16 more interconnected films. Uh, I, no, I, I don't think I it's best picture material. No. I will say I wish it did. Because the costume means cool. But I wish it got the nomination for makeup over costumes, partly because I knew who did the costumes. I mean, I did who did the makeup. Uh, and I want to see oh, them, really like, cool. walk on stage and, like, wave a uh, – yeah, Roy Woolley, who was on Face Off, he also – he's out of Atlanta. He was one of the people working on, uh, on uh, Wakanda, actually, the big dance sequence oh, cool. with all the beautiful people on the raft. Yeah, he yeah. Did, that, that yeah. makeup sequence, he was one of the people on that makeup sequence. And that in itself deserved a nomination. Um, is that the sci-fi face-off, briefly? Is that what you're talking uh, about? Is that a sci-fi show? Yes, it no, was. It was face a, off. Yeah, yeah face-off, oh, okay. sci-fi. It was uh, makeup it's effects artists competing against each other. Yeah, the, the first season winner of that show is an art teacher in this town that I live in here in West Virginia. He's like a celebrity yeah. here. R.J. Hattie. R.J. Hattie. I know R.J. Hattie. I met R.J. Hattie. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Aaron Marie knows him, too. Um, Sorry, Roy I just totally derailed what you were saying, but go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. I, actually, that's great you bring up R.J. because I was going to bring up R.J. at some point tonight, too, because I know you're living I in Charleston. I don't know him. And, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, you should meet him. He's really cool. Roy Woolley and him actually do uh, uh, workshops together at Scares That Care sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah, so they're cool. Uh, RJ did a a clown pyre on stage once that was pretty cool and stuff. So, anyway, so I wish Black Panther was nominated for makeup because that means Roy Woolley's boss would have gotten nominated for an Oscar, and that would have been awesome. But you know, yeah. it, it, you know, there was Roy, really Roy good Roy doesn't, in there. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Roy doesn't need the accolades. We all love him and know how talented he is. You know what I'm saying? And Oscar <laughs> would just mean that he could retire yeah. in style, and he wants to retire <laughs> in style. I mean, he works his in ass style. Out. 
oh my god well at least retire i mean he works his ass off and uh, a lot of those Atlanta boys do. And matter of fact, one of the Atlanta films made my top 10 this year because just because it hired the makeup people down there. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Uh, so get let's talk about, I mentioned Vigo, but we also have mm-hmm. the actors Vigo. and, you know, t- typical people like Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper. But oh, and Rami Mo. Typical. He very rarely gets a nod, even when he's exceptional. And he, I don't well, think he's ever won. Yeah. Well, but you know, and it, it he was pretty great in Vice. Well, I, I oh, have yeah, mixed feelings about Vice. Maybe this will be his year. Yeah, I think well, this is his year. I have him checked. Yeah. It really, really if depends him, on I think on uh, if Ra- who wins the SAG award. Malik. If Rami Malik wins for Bohemian Rhapsody, I think it's going to go to him. Mm-hmm. If anybody exactly. else wins, it'll probably go to Christian Bale. Yeah. It, it really makes me angry, though. I mean, yes, he did a great performance, but technically, I think Sasha Cohen would have been a better choice, and it was not a factual oh Everything happened, and like, I mean, like everything about it, it was just all wrong. It was just a good movie. It just could have been far better. Yeah, but you know, but once again, you. though, I I, I don't have fan. issues with nominating actors in mediocre films, though, and you know, and, and there there can be an outstanding fair. performance, and 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 Remy Malik did work his ass off to become who he was. I mean, you know, you got to give it. I mean, he worked his ass off as much as Bradley Cooper did for Star is Born, right? So actually, I, I got to no. that. Bradley no, Cooper think he really did that. work his ass off because he shot the thing and yeah, wrote the Cooper thing and starred the yeah. thing. So yeah. I, 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 I will give a, I'll give a, a pass to Bradley like Cooper. Been, I kick no. him when I – no, I'm sorry, Bradley. <laughs> we love you. I feel like this <laughs> film has been snubbed. I feel like Shallow – go ahead. I don't want to get in. Oh, I, I have Shallow queued up to play topic. tonight. That's all oh, good. Yeah, it's, it's just, I just I did it before we got on. It's so good, right, man? What a, I mean, I don't even listen to stuff like that. But I was like, wow, that sounds like an Oscar-winning song to me because I wanted I, to hear I, them. I, I honestly think there is just no way it's going to lose. Uh, we'll talk there's about that song. Let's no go way. ahead and talk about it real fast. I I don't think anything is going to touch Shadow. Uh, you know, I, I was just really blatant. <laughs> I really was happy that when a cowboy trades his fur for wing one. That's a beautiful song too. Yeah, uh, that's the one, the only uh, one of two Cohen brothers nominations this year because you got to give something mm-hmm. to the Cohens just because of who they are. But um, but well, no way. Pat, no, I didn't. And it was great. Yeah. It was well, it was good. great, but was I pretty didn't good. think I thought it was pretty good. Oh, I'm, no, I'm with it you. Great. It was pretty good. It was I, I, okay. I thought it had great moments. I thought it had great moments. It's an anthology, <laughs> which uh, you know, as as they know, I know a lot and about it was anthologies. Cut down. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, let's get back to where we were. Okay, so let's talk about actress <laughs> for a minute. Um, as a surprise, out I, I would say of all of this, because everyone knew that like Lady Gaga and Glenn Coase was going to be nominated, but then there was kind of three mm-hmm. dark horses in there. You got Melissa McCarthy. For her for the A24 property that she was in this year, uh, and then you have Olivia Coleman for the favorite, which is actually pushes her up like she's in like the sh- possibility of a win for her there. And then I don't know if I can say her first name, but it's um, 
a Paracio, Yeltsev Aparicio from Roma, who's the first uh, Spanish language girl to be nominated for Best Actress. Yeah. If I remember right, is that Yelitsa. right? Yelitsa. I think yeah, it's Yelitsa, Yelitsa, Par- isn't it? Aparicio. I know her last name is Aparicio because uh, I practiced Aparicio? it a little bit. Something. Yeah. No, okay. No, okay. Chi- you got it. No, yeah. no it'd be Cio. Cio is if it's Italian, but she's not a Cio. Uh, that's that right. Yeah, seat. she's definitely not an Italian. She's definitely not. Even though it's Roma, I can see why you might be confused by that. No, no, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Does anyone know why Roma aped that Fellini title? Because it's never explained in the film. I haven't seen Roma yet. I decided to watch Ready Player One instead. So Good choice. Ready Player Much One. Better I better choice. Watch that again too. I like that. I, really, you think so? I like Ready Player One, but I think Ro- I think Roma's phenomenal. But I, you know, I, oh. my pro, my uh, I love Corona in general. Children of Men is like in my top five films of the 21st century. So I've always yeah, been a fan. It is. He made one. Of, yeah, he made one of the only Harry Potter films I like. Um, so same um, here. Prisoner Azkaban. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, he just I, I'm all about him, man. I thought Roma was brilliant. Just a little bit of nanny worship and a little bit of, I mean, I can see where some people, can, I mean, it just feels like it's a little bit exploitative and his own memories, but I, I, I you know, it's, it's a good movie. It's I guess it's brilliant if you've never seen post-war Italian film and it's, it's well, all brand new to Italian you. Film. Otherwise, it's kind of, wow, have we ever retread this area before? Wait a minute. Okay, okay, okay. I've seen plenty of post-war Italian film, okay? I've seen plenty. Okay. Okay, and I still liked it, just, just to be fair, okay? Yeah, I, I wish there were a bicycle in this film for someone to steal. I just haven't done it yet. So I'll, I'll be right. well, I have plenty of problems. Spoiler alert: the first five minutes of Roma yeah. are her literally sweeping up shitty water, and I Two get it. It's a Man. metaphor because uh, the sky is reflected in it, and down below is the the, the mundi, the prakriti. Uh, it, it's where the lotus will spring out of, and she is straddling two worlds. She's in the shitty water, but she's also up top in the sky that's reflected where the airplanes fly overhead in beautiful black and white. And yeah, I, I get it. When... First of all, I want to say you're mixing up styles because you're going Fellini, which yes, no, there's a lot of Fellini influence. He said it, but it's also very much influenced by the, um, the director Satya Ray, who's very much a Verite style director. And that's what this film is very much like. And this is why I I decided not to watch it tonight because I really want to pay attention to it. And I was cramming films for the countdown. So I excused it from my countdown and can watch it. So I have time to really study it before Oscar, because uh, once again, I agree with Steve about Corona. (laughs) Yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. So we got more to talk about, guys. His assessment of Corona. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just Roma is, is not it for me in any way, shape, or form. And we'll talk well, about it more after you see it. I was going to say, and I'm I, sure it might I, even I, come up on somebody's list. So, you know, let's not blow our wands so list. quickly. Uh, so. I think uh, it's okay. tied with. Uh, I think it got. I was just saying, I think it actually. What I, I think it got the most nominations. But I have plenty of problems with that film, just to be clear. But, yeah. 
Yeah, he, he was talking about it this today. We were talking about it briefly. But uh, let's go on to the supporting actor and actress. And, and uh, it's actually a really nice list of character actors. And we got Sam Elliott in his first nomination. Woohoo! Sam Woo-hoo! Elliott, my boy. Been a That's geek husband as long as I've been alive. Um, yes. Emma Stone, Rachel Rice, Amy Adams, all nominated. Regina King, who's got almost a permanent spot on the nomination for supporting actress list nowadays. Huh. Uh, another Roma actress, Marina de Tavia, uh, Tavia Tavira. Ugh, sorry, guys. Uh, Sam Rockwell, <laughs> Richard Grant, Michelle. Michelle, you know, the, the guy from Moonlight is also in Green Book, and I honestly think that a supporting actor at this point he should be nominated for Best Actor. Uh, you know, Agreed. I actually thought that the supporting actor, the the, the lead actor list was kind of white this year, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, except for Rami Malek, and even him is a little white bread movie, if you know what I'm saying. So, uh, mm-hmm. no, we still have William Defoe, <laughs> yes. you know. You know, but you know, yeah. I, I would like considering there was some great color floating around in this list and great diversity, which is awesome. This year they worked; it was a little bit better. I still think there's some holes that can be filled as it comes to balance and diversity, and we need more. And this, and we still need stunt coordinator. That's another story. Um, does anybody have amen. any issues? Looks more than popular. Yeah, amen, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who, who, who? Does anybody have any issues with the supporting actor, actors categories, or wish someone I that do. was in there that's not? I okay. think the Sam Rockwell for a ten-minute George W. impersonation is ridiculous over Timothy Chalamet and Beautiful Boy. I think it's absolutely. Uh, um, uh, uh, to the fact, what does Timothy Chalamet have to do to get recognized for his great performances? Is what I walked away with. Uh, from when I thought that, but I, but that was my biggest thought. And, and like you, I thought that a lot of these, I mean, I just think that the entire category this year for supporting role quickly is a entire mess. Like Adam driver was totally milquetoast in black Klansman. Um, Marshall oh, leading performance. Um, Richard Grant, I thought was more of a lead performance. And like I said, Rockwell, it was, it was fun. It was funny in this. And it's no surprise because it's Adam McKay, but it was funny in this, like, um, you know, he was on set for, like, one day, maybe two, and in this sort of funny-or-die sketch kind of way. Um, but, like, oh. I was really surprised when I saw him. So, But, but uh, Sam Elliott, to me, was the one I checked as the obvious choice, and it really surprised me that he had been nominated. But oh. other than that, I don't like any of those nominees. I actually, it's funny because I'm not a huge fan of Black Klansman either, but I actually thought Adam Driver was the best thing about it. Really? <laughs> so, yeah, and I don't normally feel that way all the time about Adam Driver. I find him hit or miss. Like, I really didn't like mm-hmm. Kylo Ren the first time we met him. I he did better in the second movie, but, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. I yeah, also um... wanted to say that before we go on to director, because we're almost done with the major wins, right? The major categories now. Um, yeah. Actress. I've been holding off. Best actress or yeah. supporting? Actress. Oh, oh, you're going to go. To, are you going to do the rant? Because I thought about it. I wanted to let you do it. You do it. You should. Hunker down. All right. Yep. All right, go. guys. Hold on to your butt. Hold no, on to your butt. No, I'm going to be calm. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait. First of all, Emma, I want to say a side note. Before you go to the rant, I just. Uh, <laughs> Let's not talk about the movie. I don't want to talk about the movie because this is not about the movie. This is specifically uh-huh. about Tony. Tony Collette. Mm. 
Here, here. She is always, <laughs> always the best thing about the movie you're watching. Always. No matter yep. what it is. Yep. Anytime she's nominated True. for an Oscar, it's for a genre picture. Yes. Uh, you know. Which pleases me. She, I had a mom with mental illness. Queenie, talk about her past, the past Queenie dealt with. There were things about that performance in that film that hit a nerve with me that I have not ever dealt with ages. The, the, the losing the child, the, you know, everything felt so fucking real in that performance. A lot of people saw that movie. It was not a wilting really flower. Did. A lot of the Academy saw it. A lot mm. of people saw it. But there are some people in the Academy, some reminded me that refuse to watch horror films just because they're horror films. And they don't want to sit through a film no matter how good the performance is, which is a real shame because A24 did very well this year pushed three of its films, two of its films got nominated this year, Melissa McCarthy in this category which is maybe the, what happened they decided Melissa McCarthy had a better shot and pulled back on Tony's campaign because I know they were campaigning for oh. her too and, oh. uh, and, uh, you know, and then oh. of course the favorite and you know um, so, and then there was what's the other Academy film oh. Paul Schrader's yeah. movie I just saw it today, First Reformed it was also the what a movie? Reformed film All First, re- first Reformed yeah. Oh, yeah so yeah. So I, I'm, I'm I forgot like, about it already. <laughs> you forgot about it already. <laughs> but everybody knew. It didn't matter if you liked Hereditary or not. There's a lot of people that don't like that movie. They don't like it. She was great, even if you didn't like the movie. And you can't deny She's that. Perfect. I you can't wish she was my mom. Well, Hereditary. Well, no, I don't want. <laughs> I mean, well, I, I don't mean that funny. character. I mean Tony, but I think that it's yeah. I I agree with you. I bemoaned the fact I had quit paying attention to the campaign, but I had heard that they had kind of pulled back on her and she didn't make the final cut, which didn't surprise me. But I just wanted to sack when you said these Academy voters just won't watch horror films. I think we should seriously consider sacrificing those people, finding out which ones they are, and sacrificing them to payment. <laughs> that's all well, I have to say. That's all I have to say. I, mean, you I were think you're onto something. There. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. So, okay, well, so not only is it horror, it's also that it came up outside of the the studio system. But, yeah, but that doesn't uh, matter. That doesn't matter anymore. Birdman it, no, no, one, Crash still very one. Much a bias. Yeah, I still it's, think still a bias. Still, But the other thing is I think as uh, the older Academy members start to <clears throat> Die off I think the younger are more in tune With genre pictures get Science yeah. fiction Looking fantasy get out. We are going yeah. to see more nominations In the future At least that's my hope yeah, Oh and too. I'm supposed yeah. to tell you that uh, Heredity was my wife's favorite film of the year get it out. <laughs> Okay well, that's good. I knew that I had a feeling that Natalie would like Hereditary. We'll talk about Hereditary a little bit later. I wanted to get on because we got to move on soon, and I want to get to our countdowns. Uh, but real quick, mm-hmm. director, uh, actually one of the few categories mm. with a nice variance of people. I mean, you have a little bit of everybody. Except no my, women. <laughs> except for no women, yes. Unfortunately, it is soft. Except for uh, one right. thing. But, but – 
it's a landmark nomination <laughs> for Poland. Perfect. It's a landmark. Yorgos Lanthimos got his first nomination, isn't it? I think it's his Ooh. first one. So, um, congratulations Spike to Yorgos. Lee. Finally Spike got Lee. his very I know. Wrong. Even though it's for the wrong fucking movie, but he's there. Uh, so for, yeah. the wrong fucking wrong movie. Fucking he, might, movie. <laughs> he, might, he might win for the sympathy <laughs> vote. Um, but, you know. No. It, I, yeah. Does that mean Clint gets it for the mule? Because that's going to be odd. Ugh. Well, he's not. You know it. what that means <laughs> next year? As long as he talks. And, yeah. and then, of course, at, at Alfonso Crone and Adam McKay. So it's a good list. Adam yeah. McKay, is, uh, I have a lot of issues with Vice. But um, my favorite Me. category, of course, is animated feature. And I won't go into it. But I've almost ever, I saw four out of five of the movies. And the one that I want to win is Into the Spider-Verse, which is pretty. I know uh, you do. And yeah. I will tell you that um, some of those films made my top ten. That's too. Cool, um, cool, but good shot. Yeah. What? What Raven say? I couldn't Sorry. hear. I said same. I think Aaron was trying to say something. Oh uh, yeah, I think yeah, Aaron. Yeah, I said it's it, that's cool. Oh, so it yeah, if uh, if Spider Verse didn't, if, if I would, I, I'm, I, if um, I really want Spider Verse to win, but at the same time, like I'm so much more into Isle of Dogs in every way, it's ridiculous oh, well. and that's so unpopular. But uh, Spider Verse <laughs> is gonna win, I think. Spider Verse oh is definitely I, gonna I, win, and that's fine. I, I, you know, I, I will talk about that during my countdown because they both made my sure. top five. Um, but mm. I. I totally validate oh, that, but but I do think Spider Verse is going to deserve the win here. We'll oh, talk it's about gonna, that. It's yeah. going to get that yeah. win. It's going to um, get that win over Isle of Dogs for sure. No matter if I liked one or the other better or not. Uh, I'm not going to get into much more here, but I do want to talk about screenplays. Everything is basically a repeat of what's been nominated for. Best Picture, uh, except for First Reformed, got added to the list. And if Beale Street can talk, we didn't talk much about that movie. Um, now, that you movie know, is and, criminally overlooked. Yeah. Um, Regina it, it's King actually, will win again. Uh, and Obama, our old president, said it was one of his favorite films of the year. So, And he's mm-hmm. got actually pretty darn good taste in movies, it turns out. Um, and then, of course, we got to talk mm-hmm. about Cold War, which was a huge upset as well. Um, you know, once again, uh, you know, landmark for Poland to have a Best Picture nomination uh, or Best Director nomination, but it also got up for cinematography um, and documentary feature. They snubbed the friggin' uh, Mr. Rogers documentary. Oh my God! Yeah. Wow. yeah. I couldn't oh my believe that. God! I couldn't believe that. Um, I, I could I mean, not believe that. Mining the I gas is theory. awesome. RBG is awesome. Uh, Where is it? Where is the rest of them? Yeah, it's not there. Yeah, not there. I heard a theory it's it's because Tom Hanks is doing the biopic and they want to save an Oscar for him as oh Mr. God. Rogers. Please and no. they really gave it to the documentary. Yeah. You can't have that's two Mr. Bullshit, Roger Oscars man. in a row. I know, God that's forbid, a, right? God that, forbid that we just reward quality. As much money as Black Klansman did. <laughs> it was a huge hit. I know, I isn't mean, that uh, insane? It's funny. It's awesome. And the RPG documentary. documentary is pretty good. I, 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 you know, I, so I, I, I'm glad it's there, but I really wish that Won't You Be My Neighbor was there because everyone could use a little Mr. Rogers in their life right now. Uh, so, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'll tell you who, and, I mean, that was best document. Oh, oh, Cold War. 
you mentioned Cold War. I actually yeah. think Cold War is a better. I had one of my actual biggest. I did want to bring this up. A gripe that I had that involves Cold War. Um, actually, it's not pointed at Cold War. It's pointed at Roma. Um, but the fact that it's a big deal that uh, Roma is, uh, and people, I don't know, may, uh, people may not agree with me here, but the fact that Roma is the best foreign language, the the first foreign language film ever to be nominated for Best Picture, um, shouldn't that then elevate it to status just based on the like the hierarchy of the way the Oscars are set up? Shouldn't that then mean it could we could make a room for a another foreign language film that's not getting in because Rome is also nominated for best foreign language film? Well, and, um, you know, I also have an issue with them because, and they're going to do this, and they always do when they occasionally like Life Is Beautiful is another example. And a few times a foreign language film yeah. was up for this picture, they always give it foreign language as a consolation just like they always right. give adapted screenplay mm. as a consolation because we all know those are, those are consolation which they shouldn't be those actually are more important in some ways than giving a producer award that already has millions of dollars for an editor yeah. to win mm-hmm. it means more work so you know it, it, that's always bothered me anyway sorry i can go into you know no i know. agree with you i'm right there mm-hmm. with you yeah <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> that being said, I was really uh, I thought that the choices for costumes uh, was good and visual effects. Hello, hell, one horror film did make the list. A Quiet Place got its well-deserved effects nominate sound effects nomination, uh, and it actually became the front runner to win. Uh, I absolutely am elated for that because the sound the sound design is really good, even if some of the other editing yes. might be questionable. The sound design is really really good. Uh, so yay! So at least some horror is represented after all of this. But um, I'm uh, you know I think Black Panther is going to sweep most of the tech awards. That's why I'm not going over them too much. Um, whether it deserves it or not is a big question. I do think that the score for Black Panther was one of my favorites of the year, even though I was really mm-hmm. happy to yeah, see Isle of Dogs in there too, uh, which is really good. Uh, but yeah. Is that the splat that also won last year as well? Or am I just yeah. wishing that it making that up? Uh, no, it's I splat. Can't say he his w- name he's won a couple of times. Oh, is that yes. right? okay. Yeah, he won for but that. I thought he did one- Shape of Water. He did, and 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 I'm I have a hit and miss with him. I like it, he won also won for Atonement a few years back, and I really didn't like that score. Uh, See, I <laughs> that love was when that. I, used the, I love that. The as heavy. Well. T- I I thought it was gimmicky, but that was just me. But the, the, like it, it was things. gimmicky, but I'm a sucker for gimmicks, so. Uh, well, I can be too. I love the I love stuff like that. <laughs> it, it, I'm a cheese ball person. Uh, but, you know, I couldn't yeah. even get my daughter to go see Mary Poppins with me. She was like, uh-uh, I'm not going to go see that. I'm like, oh, really? really? Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. She's like, uh-uh. So um, I do, uh. I, I do want to say it's been a really fun um, year for for movies. 2008 was really good mm-hmm. for horror in particular. Yeah. Uh, and it's not yes. reflected here, um, you know, which nope. kind of sucks. But we do have a few people. Uh, like I said, I'm going to be rooting this year, I think, for Yoga's Lassimos and, and the favorite yes, to win stuff. Yes, me too. Um, 
So I, I don't know if it's going to because it's kind of like I said, it really is a dark horse. Anything Lassimos does is a, is a dark horse. Film. You're right. Every, but Killing of the, the Sacred Deer was done. so fucking good, and and so was the lobster. Oh. Uh, so uh, they both made deer my was top the, one of the most. Mm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Killing of a Sacred Deer yeah. is just it's uh, all of this stuff just sticks with you, and it's signature. And this movie, I think it's going to get overlooked. And you know, I saw a headline from Variety right before I hopped on here. Actually, when I was just scrolling through my feed, that said, uh, "Does the movie?" It was like saying that it was directly saying it was a message to Bradley Cooper, and it said, "Does the film has to have a message now to 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 resonate with the Academy?" And I, you know, I, I think that if that's the case for now, which I don't necessarily think it is, I didn't read the article, it's an op-ed, but, you know, I, I kind of uh, I think that that squeezes out odd films from directors that are definitely not ideologically driven in a way that's overtly political, you know? So, like, like Lathmos, and, and what he pulled off could have been a disaster. Like, that, could, I just feel like that the idea of the favorite could have been a total disaster, and He's not going to get the credit, I don't think, that he deserves. But well, that's my that's my, we, life, that's my Yorgos, you know, rant. <laughs> well, does anybody <laughs> besides Mr. Wandling here have any final thoughts on the Oscar noms before we take a quick break and start our countdown? Because I'm excited to hear what have, you guys think. The Academy can go fly off into old fogey land. <laughs> so Wee! I have something that I find important that I would like to share. And okay. um I've decided that Willem Dafoe actually needs to win. And here's my reasoning. Okay. I'm in L.A. now, and I'm picturing him and the coke-fueled night he will have if he wins. <laughs> it too. The coke-fueled night he will have if he loses. And that terrifies me. So please give that man an Oscar. Okay. It's like Bobby Boucher. It's like friggin' Einstein. You are, your theory is correct, ma'am. Thank like, you. Science. <laughs> Chills at my son. I actually want to say I did think I finally saw The Florida Project, which was he was nominated for oh, Supporting Actor last year. Boy, was oh, that yeah. good. Oh, What'd my you God, think? That was I so loved good. it. Yeah, oh, it was my gosh. really I really, loved really it. And good. they did what yeah. else? he did Tangerine as well. I I saw both of those like in I think maybe one day or two days and uh man oh man, what a Sean I can't even think of the filmmaker's name, but the gosh, that's good stuff I think. Those are well, movies about people that I know, like real people. The Florida Project, I mean, that could have been filmed in in Charleston. Like, that was just, yeah, just, I know that girl. I know that guy. I, yeah, yeah but, the very sense, honest. But, the sense, but it was a sense of place. Like, you felt like you were in Orlando without seeing any of the Orlando trappings. I thought that oh, was brilliant. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. Oh, my God. Yeah, absolutely. So good. That, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. So, let's take a but, quick break. And enjoy some of my favorite score from 2018, um, Wakanda from Black Panther. And we'll come back in mm-hmm. two minutes, and we'll all bring out our top tens, and we'll talk about the sexy witch round robin and talk about our favorites of 2018. Stay tuned, ladies and witches. Demasoro, 
Uh, I, I've been excited since Texas Frightmare when they were talking about it and how different the script was. Uh, and I was like, woohoo, this is going to be great. I'm going to my uh, first but, horror hound in March, and you all keep mentioning these conventions, and I just have to say, like, it couldn't be for a cooler one. Like, at the Adams Family films are, are so great to me as kids. And, like, Chris, Christina Ricci is going to be there and Christopher Lloyd. Oh, so. yeah. Well, yeah, you guess what? You're well, covering hey, for the show, Mr. Man. Yeah. Huh? Mr. Mr. Uh-huh, Wiley uh-huh, there. Uh-huh. 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 Mm-hmm. So, all right. Excited. So, what we're going to do, I'm going to give, I'm going to do, I have a mental clock in my head where you guys are sitting next to me. I've always positioned <laughs> it this way. I don't know why. But I'm going to have Aaron Marie go first. And then it's going to be Raven, then Steve, and then Aaron, and then myself. All right? We got that? And if I miss that, remind me. I don't want to accidentally skip someone because I will do that sometimes. But, so Aaron Marie, Raven, Steve, and Aaron, and then myself. All right? So Aaron okay. Marie, are you ready? Right. I number am prepared. Number five. <laughs> My number five is completely out of character for me. <laughs> um, but I, I honestly was hard to even come up with a full 10 because I just really was not impressed that many films from this past year. Um, oh, wow. But Dumplin', Netflix original. Oh, right on. I've been meaning to watch that. That just sold it, it for me. Thank you. Go ahead. It <laughs> is so so good. It is exactly what I've been complaining about for the better part of 20 years, that no fat girl in any goddamn movie ever gets a good-looking guy. There's no actual romance, even though all you ever see on the streets are like tall, lanky, skinny guys with big girls. You never get to see it in film. But not only do you get an honest-to-God romance with a good-looking guy and a fat girl, but it shows how she feels about herself it shows her growing her self-confidence, and it has a fully inclusive beauty pageant, which is exactly what I would like to reality. It just all around was a fantastic movie. It, it, ma- it made me all cute so many times. I, I kind of think it's a Disney movie. It's Disney I knew it. I wanted to write that off, and I, I, I that's great. Thank you. I'm going to watch it now. I knew um, it. Emily and Trevia and Christina make piece of the feminine critique, which I sometimes I've been on their show and Emily comes on ours. Uh, she, they both cool. raved about dumpling, like raved about this movie. So it I'm really glad to hear some positive, more positive stuff about it. It's, it's like number two in my queue right now. I just haven't seen it yet. And well, like you said, can I just add like old every... and new Dolly? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, really? Dolly Parton mm-hmm. soundtrack. Which oh, I'm, I'm not hating, I'm even though I don't like country. Dolly transcends country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and the absolutely. stuff you recognize and new stuff just for the movie. Nice. Yeah, and D- Dolly is an icon. Period. Like Do- Dolly is an icon bigger than that than just country music, right? Yeah. I'm yeah. Not gonna lie. Oh, yes, she transcends Every- genre. The fact yeah. that they learned the pageantry from drag queens—it's just the best freaking story. It is so good. Mm-hmm. It's cute. Well, now, that was a pleasant surprise too, like, to open with. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> I just have one question for you since you had seen it. Like, you know, and you were talking about the acceptable, and I'm sorry, I won't deviate again. Um, I just wanted to say that, like, and it also doesn't have that annoying moment in every film where there's a heavy girl where she just ex- learns to accept 
that the guy is better, you know, better off with this other girl, you know, and she just stands off and learns that, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like she gets this awful lesson that Hollywood has. Yeah. And all these terrible, like, that's how they waste Melissa McCarthy. I feel like in film after film, instead of giving her stuff like that, that she's thankfully nominated. It's sad that, that she's nominated for this Oscar while at the same time being nominated for two Razzies this year in films where they just right. use her as, Oh, you know? Yeah. So, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, That's been my complaint for so long is that as fat girls are never a romantic lead, fat girls never get the good looking guy. Fat girls are comedic fodder. Um, were treated as uh, less than in film and to see something so positive was very uplifting. I, I absolutely love Dumplin'. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it this week. Thank you. That makes me so happy to hear that. Raven, you're up. What's your number five? My number five is almost exactly like Dumplin' and Sweetness. It's this little movie oh. called A Quiet Place. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? All the John. I don't know. I never heard oh, of it. You fooled me. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. God. I know. Seriously, so I was peaceful. so stuck on dumpling. I had no idea what you were talking about. I was so stuck on dumpling. I was like, I missed this. How did I miss this quiet place? I was. I was. I was like, that sounds sweet. I was. Like, oh God. It is. Sorry. I'm. I'm a sucker for. Um, sensory deprivation horror movies so like wait until dark or audrey hepburn mm-hmm. can't see or uh hush oh, the where the girl could hear oh, and here we can't talk well we can but we're not supposed to and just the premise scares the hell out of me um and i think that directing is some of the best i've seen in a horror movie in the past 10 years Yes. And I, and, and and it's, I agree. Like, it's a so, real-life husband and wife. Right, exactly. yeah, that, that helps so much. It's about family. It is sweet. Right. Like you said, it, it is, is sweet. It is moving. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I, you know, it is, it is about family. And, that you know, I actually saw some people critiquing that, which, you know, you'll find people critiquing anything. But, you know, there were sure. some people saying, oh, it's, it's, it's perpetuating this myth that the family is important. And I'm like, well, okay, whatever, fine. You can critique, you can find any film and you can say, okay, well, it's perpetuating this. I don't mind that it's saying that family is important because it is in my life and experiences and in, in just in our collective culture. And it's something that we don't often see that much. And I think it's, you know, oftentimes we do get those horror movies the best ones are from people outside the genre and who would have thought that those two would have delivered one of the best horror films of not just the year, but maybe the decade. If you had just told me that the director and the two lead actors and nothing else, I don't think I would have been interested even knowing the genre. Um, And I just happened to be an early adopter on accident of it. And I'm really glad I was, uh, so I didn't get too much feedback before I even knew anything, you know. But, it was um, probably my going in favorite live theater experience I had this year was going to see this in a full crowd. Uh, because it wasn't, it, it was the most intensely loud silence I have ever experienced. In a, oh, in, yeah. Because cause even though no one was saying a word, you could actually cut the tension 
like a knife mm-hmm. in the theater I was People in. People were afraid and, to breathe. Uh, and everyone was like, uh, it was, that was fun. It was fun to see an old school style horror film. I'm not saying everything was perfect about it. The editing was a no. little bit confusing, but if you paid attention, it is, con- the continuity is there. Um, there's some issues. Yeah. People, the, the sequence in the bathtub, we won't get into it, but a lot of people say that couldn't happen that way. It can pay attention it's overlapping timelines you think that people right. after watching Westworld they would figure that out um, or real <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. you know yeah. but um, uh, but Qu- Qu- Quiet Place did make my list as well it's actually number uh, it's, it's tied at number four so I actually have a number four that I can talk about uh, yeah. but uh, it, I wanted to say Quiet Place you were mentioning the family right and people were poo-pooing it but I have to say that three of the best horror films this year were specifically about family. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, One so, way or another, yeah. Yeah, you know, so, and, and, and family and horror goes hand in hand since, like, even before The Shining, uh, because the most worst betrayal on the planet is when your own loved one turns on you. Uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, uh, so I think You it's always heard the ones that you love. Yeah, I no, mean, Bird Box is also about family. Uh, yeah. So, you know, but... Um, I'd rather have John Krasinski as a dad than Sandra Bullock as an adopted mom, though, I gotta say. Well, yes. And who wouldn't want Emily Blunt as a mom? I mean, come on. I'll take she was her. Mary fucking Poppins. She was Mary Poppins, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, so... No. Uh, you know, and you know, yeah. she also can time travel. She was in that like Tom Cruise movie where she's like an insane woman. But the time loop, what was it? The, the Edge of Tomorrow. Oh right, right. Yeah, she's pretty good. Edge of Tomorrow is so underrated. Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. which should have been uh, Live Die Repeat. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That's a much better title. That. But we, we are it going is, to it will, it. It's a much better exploitational tri- um, title. Like, you know, for yeah, us yeah, exactly. movies, it, on board, right? <laughs> so, right, um, right, 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 right. So, tomorrow else? sounds like a soap opera. I know it does. <laughs> it I remember that a quiet place. <laughs> the one thing that I remember about a quiet place, just like last, well, the last thing about a quiet place, I mean, there's so many good things you can say about it. And it actually didn't make my list, but I'm wondering now why it didn't in any way, um, because I did love it, but I'm, I'm a genre head. But the one thing I thought was funny <laughs> is I don't remember who it was, but um, the number one uh, villain, somebody put the number one villain of the year in one of their lists was the uh, toy that goes off and makes the noise in a quiet place. <laughs> which I thought, which I thought I well, yeah, and they, yeah, that's pretty, that's a, yeah. So anyway, that's but yeah, a pretty good, good assessment. Oh my God. Um, I also want to add it, it also offshooted one of my favorite Saturday Night Live skits that they did this year mm-hmm. yeah, with Donald Glover <laughs> and so he was Kanye West Holy did they shit, just say poo poo shoop he's getting yanked into the field yeah oh, oh my gosh that's uh, so Kanye funny. West I mean, who would have thought to put Quiet Place and Kanye West together but they did and it was glorious so you know yeah um, that was the best part so, of the whole episode for sure yeah it really was oh, for sure. so, well except for I did like the 
avian bottle that Kanye West was wearing when he was dancing. It was very confusing, but it was very confusing. Oh I, you know, you know, I did like that. I like that too. You know, I just, you know, and when he came out and gave the speech, I just, I, I, I hate, you know, I hate seeing. I honestly, you know, I didn't think that things would turn to Kanye West, but I. I wish people would. I I am. I have mental illness, and and uh, and I don't. There's been times in my life that I wish weren't recorded when I was mentally ill, and I think that um, regardless of of what he says, that's fine. But uh, I, I there there were times, including that episode of SNL, uh, you know, of what he you know his speech and all that, where I just felt that he shouldn't be constantly be on TMZ and that uh, none of those people really care about him and neither do any right. of the, the, the so we can do you know I'm sure there's yeah. people that are, there's going to be journals on like Kanye West's psyche I mean my I know people that think he's like the, <laughs> one of the best songwriters on the planet you know and I, I do I like that is. song he did with Paul he did a really nice song this last year with Paul McCartney and Rihanna yeah. four or five seconds it's a beautiful song. Yeah. So I beautiful. mean, there's I, that. Yeah, I've always loved him. I've I've always so, been a huge fan of him, and I think that artists have always been insane. Like speaking of, you know, going even back to Willem Dafoe getting nominated for playing a Van Gogh that is, you know, like twenty some years old. But he, I mean, Van Gogh cut off his ear, and 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 you know, um, all this crazy myths and stuff. They didn't have social media back then, so. You weren't around when, you know, he got, you know, crazy one night and made some kind of crazy tweet. You know, we didn't have that. So, like, so we get to keep our <laughs> mysteries about those people. Well, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, yeah. I'll talk about it later, but, you know, the influencers in the fire Festival, you know, you know, but anyway, let's, let's talk, we're influencers in our own right because we're we're, we, we are the word of mouth and the word of mouth is important. So Word we might street. be small, but we are powerful as a group, as a collective. So, and definitely as a coven. You're here. <laughs> so, Steve, Bless you're actually me. still up. What's your number five? Speaking of covens. Speaking of covens, and uh, sorry, yeah, um, I, uh, just tell me to shut up. I do get excited sometimes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, speaking of covens, my number five was a lightning rod of a film uh, whose own um, – uh, the basis of this film, the original creator recently denounced it, um, uh, which is Luca Guadagnino's, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, remake, reimagining is more inept, Suspiria. Huh. And um, ah. a few, there's a, that's my number five. There's a few reasons why I would like to just briefly tell it before people go, oh gosh, you know, because I've gotten a lot of flack for liking this film. First of all, it's criminal. However, like, you know, however you felt about Hereditary, Tony Collette's performance still should have been applauded. However you felt about Suspiria, there were things about it that should have been applauded, um, namely Tom York's score should have been nominated. Um, mm. But outside of that, I'm always drawn to uh, films about a lot of different things. I'm drawn to, you know, in horror, I'm drawn to films about really powerful satanic or anti-God or um, anti-Christianity type things where it seems more ancient and pagan and sexual and animalistic and it's complicated and it's 
the film is also tied up with the fascination I have with history and the Third Reich, and it really touches upon the more you know about um, he took Suspiria and he turned it in from like a colorful fever dream. He took that idea and he made it about living in post-war Berlin and what was going on there and how it affected people and what trauma does to people and what happens when no one does anything in the Lucendorf character uh, that's actually Tilda Swinton, which is another area it was ignored because you do forget it's her. The makeup should have been rewarded yeah. whether you like the film or not. And I just felt that the film said so much and went so far that it moved me in ways that not many films do and I went into it like I'm such a fan of the original I saw Goblin a couple months ago live score it I wanted to hate this film but like I said <laughs> I it's my number five well excellent and then I have else, number eight I, I, oh well that's good because I actually haven't seen it yeah. yet so I haven't either uh, oh, wow. I'm scared Oh, you'll either love it or you'll hate it. Um, it comes like, out on DVD on the 29th. Uh, it's, so next week or next week. So um, I will rectify that next week. So I mean, Argento talks yeah. shit on it, and I mean, it's no Dracula 3D. So I mean, he's having <laughs> to talk about the last 25 years. I'm sorry, about, but I mean, he hasn't made a good film in a long time, and he and he uh, has a creepy way of making his daughter naked in all of his films too but yeah. that's another story <laughs> so well, uh, but I know, thought it was great Argento and, yeah. is entitled to his opinion I mean if sure. they had she called it is. if they had called it let's just say they called it Sexy Witches instead yeah. he wouldn't have known it was a, a Suspiria remake because it would have been about witches in the dance coven it would have been a loose remake of what he probably wouldn't even have noticed you yeah. know how many it times have my people core. You know, they've it's been imitated before. The the dance, you know, he invented the dancing witch coven thingy, but there's a yeah. lot of people that have followed in his footsteps. Let's just put that way. Women uh, they're all wearing ballet shoes. Powerful. <laughs> yeah, women are powerful and scary, and um, men won't really admit that that we are uh, that men are men can be uh, animalistic, but so can women and. It's just, it's a film about so many different things, and a part of it is simply about a, and, and speaking of family, the, yes, this film is also about family, it's about nationalism, it's about being an Religion. old man in a country that's no longer the one that you didn't agree with before, but lived with, I mean, it's about loss, it's about terror, it's about things that are older than the things that we created, the myths that we created, I, I mean, it's, um, I look forward to writing a deep dive about it, and I've only seen it once, and I saw, it's one of those movies, you know, I saw four or five days ago, that, uh, and I always love those lightning rod films, like Mother, you know, I can never get yeah. why people don't love those films. I, I adore Mother, like fire, but that was just so, me. <laughs> so. Yeah, I so, like but anyway, you. I'll cut it off there. But yeah, yeah, I, uh, I, yeah, I really think love it or hate it. I think you know, I did not like Call Me by Your Name. Um, there are things in films that can bother me um, um, when it comes to certain things. 
sexual certain sexuality. Um, I'm not if I feel that something is borderline pedo kind of bothers me. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, but not saying that Call Me By Your Name had those kind of intentions, but I think that part of it was meant to be uncomfortable, so it accomplished that. Like, like Happiness is very uncomfortable film to watch. That doesn't mean it's not a good film. It's just not a good time to watch, you know. Um, so, but yeah, the, so, but anyway, Suspiria is a very just very much connected with me. And it made me cry. It made me terrified. It made me feel like I, uh, it just, it, it made me feel things that I, you couldn't put into words even. It was just one of those films that people will either go, wow, I get it, man. And we can talk about it all night long over a joint or a beer. Or you're a pretentious asshole. I want to leave now. Like that's the only two options. It seems like with the Spiria 2018. Well, fabulous. So I will watch it as soon as I can. And I'm glad to hear that Aaron Kogan has it number eight. So he concurs that it's, he liked it, but what is your number five, Mr. Kogan? I have my first and only tie in my top five. I have Avengers infinity war. And I have Mandy, and those films are nothing alike, so I have no idea. I was gonna why. say that's but like a slightly far apart in the goalposts of the day. Can you imagine yeah, making they... someone choose that they could only have one though? Oh, I probably what have an to awesome Mandy. double feature though. Hmm? Oh wow! Yeah. What's that? I said I'd probably choose Mandy because Andy is my number. I, what is I it? just I I think that it could make a great double feature, Mandy and Avengers Infinity War. Yeah, Aaron, what well, was your number on I oh I, I said Mandy is my number nine. Number nine, oh, okay. excellent. Okay. All right. I couldn't hear you earlier. I, I have it at uh, number five because I think it's amazing on so many levels. My my big takeaway from the film is finally it's my number someone seven, made a good Rob Zombie film. Uh, I, I just I think it's a, everything that Rob Zombie wants to make in his film, but Mandy does it right. It's as if someone laid out a book of Frank Franzetta art and uh, a bunch of prog rock album covers and some astronomy art photographs and then took acid and built a movie around that. And, and of course, you would have to have Nicolas Cage start star. Of course, Nicholas Cage would star. And it fucking works. It absolutely fucking works. It was so powerful. And all I could think of was, damn, I want that bathroom. I mean, like, I love the whole (laughs) 70s aesthetic. (laughs) And some people think it was a tiny snub uh, for score, because there was actually a small... People really, really loved the score to Mandy. I was oh, just thinking that Johan Johansson died, and that was he's yes, such he a did. talented guy, and that was his last yeah. score. He should have been fucking oh nominated. Uh, Amen. Well, at least, uh, I'm sure he'll get uh, a shout out during the in memoriam. I can't see him not. And, and that King Crimson yeah. opening, fucking fabulous. Oh my god. My my shutter account is down and it crashed when I was watching Mandy, so I haven't finished it yet. No. So I'm oh. really feeling terrible. I, I, I he walked oh. into a, a house and then it went. 
Oh, was it, uh, the, the, is it Mac really from Predator? Huh? I'm sorry? <laughs> I know he goes and visits Mac from Predator to get his guns or whatever to go yeah. fight these people. Yeah. And yeah, uh, who hasn't does. aged a day? Mac, apparently, the guy, whoever that actor is, has not, I don't know his name, but he hasn't aged a fucking day. And that movie came out when I was two years old, and I'll be 34 in May. But anyway. So um, let's get to Affinity Wars here. I did not make my top 10. I actually do have actually some Marvel films in my top 10, which I'm in shock about. I got three. (laughs) I'm in real shock about. Uh, One tie though. Uh, is anybody else? I would assume Aaron Marie. Do you have Avengers: Infinity Wars in your top five or in your top ten? I don't. <gasps> oh, you might well, be the time, Aaron. Oh, oh, I do Let me defend. Let me defend Infinity War with one statement, <laughs> because after I read your remarks, uh, Head Huntress, I was going, "Wow, did I?" You know, I saw it at the end of a. 30-plus-hour marathon in the theater Mm -hmm. uh, with a bunch of fellow Marvel geeks and, you know, guest stars coming on stage. Maybe I was just caught up in the hype and everything. So I went and I re-watched it a few days ago, and it fucking holds up. And let me just say, all the big-tent Marvel big-ass Avengers films, it is the only one that you could drop a fucking pin and hear it clear throughout the entire theater when we break to Thanos walking out of his house at the end. And it had the same exact uh, effect on Natalie, who hadn't seen it in the theater with me, but was watching it here at home. It had the same goddamn effect on her. And that is powerful in a film. Uh, I I do want to say, after watching Aquaman, I actually think Affinity Wars is holding up a lot more. Uh, well, yeah, I, 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 the reason, I think that there's moments in Avengers Infinity Wars that works. Uh, I think yep. whenever there's a one-on-one fight sequence where they're not using CG, but the two, they're, they're doing uh, mono in mono. A lot of sequences like that worked. Uh, you know, I thought that the, mo- oh my God. Okay. Spoiler alert. I, I will say mm-hmm. that the most gut-wrenching moment in a mainstream film all year is watching Poor little Tom Holland turned to dust well, in in, yeah. in Robert Downey Jr.'s arms. Oh my God! Right? Was I uh-huh. a fucking mess after that? <laughs> I was like, right? I care, I care about, I care about these characters a lot more than I realize, and I think it's because we've been mm-hmm. all watching these characters basically by the same actors over a long period of time and they own their characters and I don't feel the same way about the MCU character I mean the uh, DCU characters as as much I don't have the love for Aquaman because I don't know him as well as I Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man like like he Uh is Tony Stark you look at him he owns the character you know you, you know it you know who he is you know you've watched him evolve you know, he's yeah. been doing it for a decade, though. In all fairness, yeah, he has. Though I love Tom so Holland. I actually, Tom Holland's my favorite. I think he might be my favorite Spider-Man. I really enjoy him. I think he is. Um, after seeing Spider-Man: Homecoming, he was just fantastic. He's he's both Peter Parker and Spider-Man. You know, um, and, and his chemistry with Robert Downey Jr. in that movie is really good as well. 
Exactly, yes, and that's why it matters in Infinity War. But see, it's exactly the dusting of many characters that completely ruined it for me. I mean, I know mm. that it's but at that point, I completely disconnect from the movie because I know it's not reality. I know they're coming mm. back. I know this mm. has a sequel coming out, and this person has a well, sequel coming out. Actually, out. But that's and I'm actually like, how no, I feel about that. I agree with you, Erin Marie, because I feel like if it, where where is the weight involved if a character can just resurrect? But we don't know you that know? they're gonna because we're ending this phase of the MCU and we're about to begin the new one, well, starting with Captain Marvel. And there are actors that we know have one. said they're not coming back. We do know but, that Spider-Man what? Far From Home takes place just after Endgame, not after Infinity War. That has been confirmed. Mm-hmm. So we know wow. that that supposedly heart-wrenching moment from the get-go, even if you just casually read the trades, you know that those that not maybe not all those deaths, fine, whatever. And those contracts are coming <laughs> up, and I understand. But But Tom Holland... At the very least, what everyone really latches onto emotionally, they just dropped a trailer, which I thought was horrendously. It just goes to. It's not stupid. It just goes to show that the MCU can literally. Like, I figure, like, when Guardians of the Galaxy was made, they were drinking in a bar. And Kevin Feige, somebody, you know, said, hey, man, I bet you can't make a billion dollars off this. And he took a shot of whatever and said, fucking try me, man. You know, but (laughs) I just I feel like these movies, for the most part, you know, I have a thing against Disney. Um, I have a thing against people. You know, go on. Just just go on. It's Infinity War was fine. I enjoyed it. I, 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 I actually I, pee, I poo-pooed on it a little harder than I think I meant to, but I still haven't. There's been very finite amount of the MenGU movies that I've truly enjoyed, like like a lot. One of them was Thor Ragnarok, and and I thought that yes, movie was yeah. so good. So, but I, I, I was already predispositioned to like that movie uh, because of just because of who directed awesome. it. You know, uh, yes. so, sure. you know, I, I, and I do have Deadpool 2 and Ant-Man and Wasp tied for number 10, actually, on my list. So, oh, you know. See, so, I, yeah, I didn't yeah. like either one of those. <laughs> Deadpool 2, I, I did enjoy. It almost made my list. Can I, can, can I just, I, still I, I, I will Deadpool. say, the only thing, I, I think <laughs> that Feige has perfected that universe, right? I think that he's perfected it, which is why you see, Okay, so as a fan of DC, here's what I here's all I have to say about that is is that Feige has everyone else needs to stop just because Avengers made a billion and a half. I really wish all my other fandoms would stop with the damn world building because no one else, including J.K. Rowling, is doing it right. No one else has been plotting it since they were working for Voldemort Singer back at 
Fox or Sony, whichever Sony uh, X-Men films, you know, like he has built that. It's meticulous. Those films are what they are. They're successful for a reason. They do have a formula, which means that they're, for the most part, consistently good. But you're never going to get, like, a Dark Knight out of them. You're never going to get a Logan out of them. You're never going to get a Burton's Batman out of them, which some say that's fine, obviously, because they keep consistently performing well. But we see that DC does it really bad, and we see that uh, uh, the Dark Universe failed as soon as it took off. So I just – I'm really happy to see – that Warner Brothers, after Aquaman, said, you know what, we're going to keep what works. We're going to take it a film at a time, and we're going to let directors make standalone films because it's not working for us. And that's an okay admission to make. Well, and it's, so really, it, 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 it's Snyder. I, I, I still say once you get rid of Snyder is, and, and his bad habits, those films are going to automatically go I mean, up. I mean, look at Wonder I Woman. Agree. Uh, and and uh, I actually and a lot of people liked Aquaman, even though I was kind of met to it. Even though, yeah. boy, did I love the Elder Monster at the end of that film. Oh my god, right? so beautiful. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, great and that Julie Christie. Uh, Julie Christie, One yeah, shot. it was Julie Christie. Um, yeah, that was not amazing. Julie Christie. Uh, Julie, uh, the original I mean, Julie, um, Mary. Poppins. Mary Poppins, Julie Andrews. Julie, Julie Andrews. Andrews. Was it Julie Andrews? 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 Everyone Julie was telling me it was Julie Christie. Was it Julie Andrews? No, no, no it's the voice of was, Julie yeah. Andrews. Oh, well, yeah. that's even cooler. I, Julie Andrews, my hero. I, I, would, I would agree with Steve's theory about the MCU and how it could never produce, say, a Logan or a Dark Knight if we didn't have Captain America, the first Avenger, if we didn't have Doctor Strange, and if we didn't have Black Panther. Black Panther is the game changer. The exact, no, see, I don't I think any of those movies compare. You can't get that dark character. They absolutely do. See, see, but the movies I would use from the MCU is what I was saying, aren't those movies. I would use just as personal, like the ones that I think like really stand up on their own that you would put in and be like, man, these are great films on their own. Like I thought Civil War – and before that, even Winter Soldier. I was really disappointed in the first Captain America movie. I really like, but I oh, love God. Uh, Winter Soldier. I love Civil War. I love Ragnarok. Doctor Strange was maudlin to me. I didn't get into it too much, although I wanted to. It was okay. But I felt, again, it suffered because it just felt like a part of a larger whole. Infinity War was a lot of fun. But, yeah, but I, the, the ones I would say, hey, look. Of course, the first Iron Man, but, you know, that was a different – we didn't know it was going to happen then. But that is a great film, and I, I think Iron Man 3 is actually overlooked. I mean, Avengers oh. wanted, made, a, made a billion and a half, so who can argue with that? But really, I love Ragnarok. I think Ragnarok. Iron Man 3 is the worst thing the MCU has ever produced, but that's my uh, – I think the well, dark okay, world. Okay, that's another argument because you dark know world. I I will defend Iron Man 3. Uh, but uh, well, let's move on and talk about – this year's films and get back Sorry, to... Sorry, that's a wrap. Yeah, okay. you're, you're, what's your number five? <laughs> My number five yeah. is, not, yeah. is not an MCU, yeah. um, and it's not necessarily the best film. Or it, it, it's not a A-plus film, but it was so different and beautiful and sad and, and right up my alley because it was strong female characters in science fiction, and it was Annihilation. With Natalie Portman. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's my number four. That's my number four. What was that? Uh, Number four for Steve. Aaron Marie, what was your number? Honorable mention. 
Honorable mention. All right. I, I I just saw this movie a couple of days ago during my 2018 binge. It finally dropped on 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 a, a platform I could watch it on, and and at first I wasn't no, didn't know how I felt about it, but boy mm. does it stick with you. I haven't. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I've been thinking about that movie since what it meant and and what it's about and how. Even though there are moments of violence and noise and scariness, some of the most beautiful, tragic moments were quiet moments with no dialogue. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole concept of the shimmer and the refractory life that was being created in this space and, and, and the concept of people turning into plants. And, uh, it was, it was just, there was so much about it that was different. And that's why it made my list because it was different. It was refreshing. Someone was trying something new, and the lead characters were military trained, but they were all scientists, which was incredibly cool. And they're mostly women, right? They were all women. All women. The whole team. This was an all women uh, crew. Uh, one one officer and a bunch of uh, scientists of different types of of, of fields. And, Don't you wish and they would have smiled more? Uh, have you heard that have you heard that captain marvel thing though that she's just yeah i just saw that today so back and yeah no fuck them you know like oh my god smile more jesus christ he's the same guy's crying over a shaving commercial fucking smile more to make him a sandwich? Jesus Christ. Or yeah, get back oh, into the crystal, so the, the crystal castle and make me a pie. I mean, come on. You know, I, I know, know, right? Jesus. These guys need a safe space. Would you guys take it easy on them? I know. Well, I thought we were the snowflakes. <laughs> Well, anyway, I recommend Annihilation for, for and not mm-hmm. everyone's going to like the movie because it doesn't give you all the answers, and I kind of wish they gave us a little bit more at the end, just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yep. I also understood and appreciated the ambiguity of it, excuse me while I can't speak, uh, because, uh, you know, it wasn't really about the universe that was being created. It was about preserving the one that already existed. And and that yeah. was what the movie's about. It's really, really good. So uh yeah. we are moving on to number four and I took Erin Marie's number four so she can pull something from and, her list. So uh, what do you know? No, no, you haven't taken my number four yet. You took my okay. four. You took my oh. four with an island. Oh, I took and your four. four. Okay. Okay. Well, what is your four then, Erin Marie? Um my number four, we don't have to talk about in depth because uh, it's going to be talked to death on a lot of other platforms, of course. But uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Oh. Boom. You, there it is. You just took my Black number Panther. one. <laughs> yeah, Black Panther was spectacular visually. It was spectacular in story. Um, the 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 struggle between the main characters, the the power play, Wakanda was just in every way yep. strong cast um, very very strong black cast just everything about it was so good and my favorite joke of last 
here was two Tolkien white guys, you know. Yes. <laughs> the two oh, white guys are from Lord of the Rings. Oh, can, yeah. can I give a shout out to my favorite white guy performance in that movie? And people really missed it. There was Andy Serkis was the best he's been in yeah. years. Uh, you know, yeah. and he's not in it long enough. Like he gets whacked yep. and it's like he the film suffers for it afterwards. I swear. I mean, he was so good. And uh, I also wanted to say about and Aaron Marie and I were talking about it, that I actually was rooting for uh, Michael P. Jordan <laughs> through the film. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I thought he was a hundred percent justified in his revenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I totally. I'm with you there. I thought he said I. It wasn't on my list or anything like that, but I thought that he was fascinating in it. Yeah, he no, he, back- you, he was wrong on all accounts. <laughs> well, he, Killmonger he did nothing wrong. Aggression, he crossed aggression the line. And, Ill- and, and, and beating everybody into submission. No, he wanted to enslave the world, not free it. So he, he crossed the line, monsters but he had... Monsters. No, no, no. He, no, he wanted to free and people And he had every power. right to be pissed off. So. <laughs> See? Rabbit hole. There we go. Can of worms. Yeah. <laughs> wanted a kingdom and he wanted the world as his kingdom. He he was a, a little powerful. Yeah, but for the people, it, for the people of color. Because they were held down all over the world. That was his motivation. I he said that though, again the, and again and again. The shots of Oakland it might have, are definitely not shots of Oakland. I just want to point that out too. <laughs> Even though it... <laughs> Um, um, wait a minute! You mean they did Hollywood? You mean Hollywood lied to us? <laughs> yeah, they sure did. I mean, Wakanda was more authentic than what they were calling Oakland. <laughs> Oakland. But that was just. Yeah, that's... But um, I, I, you know, I said it. I want to read Black that Panther's article. A, Panther is a game changer, but I don't think in story it's a game changer. But I do think no. when it comes to craft, to craft, it is. Because it was a major multi-million dollar project with people of of color above and below the line, and how often does that happen? And what we got was phenomenal. Well, it happens every. It doesn't. It never happens, and that's that's partly the point. But also, you know, people. You know, I see a lot of people who may or may not, you know, think that they are in any way kind of bringing, you know, kind of racist attitudes to an argument, and I, I'm not trying to cross the line here, but just to look at another film that was touted for its diversity that was directed by, I still believe, a gifted filmmaker who has not let us down very often was DeVarnay's The Wrinkle in Time, which I thought was horrendous and inc- incomprehensible. And so these, these, these kind of right-wing blowhard guys, uh, who are mostly guys, try, try, to, try to say – that, uh, you know, oh, you know, the only reason you like Black Panther is because it's politically correct to or whatever, because it's so diverse mm-hmm. or whatever. But no, 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 it's a, gr- it's a great film, whether it made my top ten or not, and I recognize it's important. In case in point, go look at the Rotten Tomato score of, of, this, of a very similar project in the past year. So, yeah. That's, that, that we even a, have to make this justifier is stupid because it was a good uh, yeah, film. It's ridiculous. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, you're, it's a Marvel film. It was consistent in the Marvel universe. It added Absolutely. elements needed to be added to so they could move forward in the storylines, especially since they have to change from the Avengers storylines and move to the next step. Uh, you know, yeah. so uh, all this yeah. stuff mattered. 
uh, you know, fuck people that are talking shit. They did the same thing for Jedi, and they were stupid then. Yep. So, you know, whatever. Never, yeah. uh, it's the same exact crowd. We're talking about the same crowd. It is. Yep. It's, it's the, the same, same trolling crowd. crowd. It's the same exact crowd that tried yeah. to tank Last Jedi or trying to tank Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, you can critique I, a film, but, you know. <laughs> I would like to add. A film because of women is not a critique. Yeah, that, that's just stupid. I was, I, I was going to say, I would like to add that Black Panther, in addition to being a big popcorn movie and being so popular, had big Shakespearean themes. The critics hit that real early, but the critics got it wrong when they said it was Hamlet. It's actually uh-uh. more uh, Black mm-hmm. Panther is Prince Hal and uh, Killmonger is Hotspur. Yeah. Other than that, other than that, it, it is big and it's Shakespearean and. He is dealing with his father and everything else, and it's great. Uh, it, it's, it's my number one. It's, it's the Lion King with 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 um, with magic rocks. That's what it is. And there's right? some bond. There's some bond in there too when they problem. go to like the card game. No, oh. not that. It, but I mean, how many like just decent action films and or I whatever comic book the- films by white people like are come out that we go, oh, that's fine. But then, you know, the answer has to be picked apart. Go ahead, Aaron. The scene where T'Challa is talking, the scene where T'Challa is talking to his dad in in the afterlife or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever their yeah. version is. Every time I watch the movie, and I've probably seen Black Panther like five or six times so far. Every time I watch it, I can't help but to give the giggles and say that actor has more Forrest Whitaker eye worse than Forrest Whitaker. Oh, <laughs> damn. Oh, you fooled me. I didn't know you were going to go there. <laughs> damn. That movie turned me on to Sterling K. Brown, too. And I thought that what brief time that Sterling K. Brown had in that film was phenomenal <laughs> and then you know people hated the predator but it just showed me because i don't watch this is us but it showed me like and then because i went back and watched black panther after i saw the predator and was like wow sterling k brown regardless of what you think about that film is a leading man if i've ever fucking seen one my god he's so charismatic mm. and then i went back and watched black panther again just last week because a big marvel fan of mine hadn't seen it and it's on Netflix now. And uh, my God, Sterling K. Brown is phenomenal in the brief time he has in that. Yeah. Cool. All right, Miss Raven, what is your number four? So they just added this um, on Amazon a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to go to sleep to something. So I put it on, and then I proceeded to stay up till three in the morning. And then when I was done, I rewatched it. And that was hereditary. Wow. Hereditary. Right on. It's my number one. It's my, my top five. Oh, man. My, my number, number one. My number one. My number one. That, my number that one. little girl is so creepy. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's so good. And Tony Collette is so good. Yeah. Uh, and like others have said, my mother was also mentally ill. And... Oh. So seeing Tony Collette do all these really subtle things with her acting was creepily, you know, the sense memory of my childhood. And that just added another layer of fear to the whole movie. 
that that first group therapy session where she talks about her mom's death that she gives that speech there um, was the most like there's only been two things this year that got death correct like family death like how you read and hereditary was the one the other was the episode six of house of haunted hill uh oh my gosh those uh, those you know, Speaking of family. Uh, I am. Yeah. Let yeah, me just family say, I'm again. Pissed. Hill did not get nominated for any Golden Globes. Fuck them. It's that bullshit. was a phenomenal. Yeah, right? I'm yeah. total I, I, bullshit. You know, I'm a, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, Wait, I was going. I was saying that chick should have had it in the back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no. Ep- well, episode six is just that like was, Michael Flanagan at his best. Yeah, totally. But, but 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 Hereditary had those were Hereditary was. Go ahead, Aaron. You're choppy, but go ahead. I was just when she finds out, finds her daughter, and that reaction to her daughter's death, I couldn't yes. help it. I was fucking bald because I felt that. Just screaming Charlie's name over and over. Just, yeah, I, I, that was. I mean, it was. And you so couldn't good. even it, see her. You couldn't even see her, and yet the emotion that it incited in me was just terror and fear, and I was crying and not even noticing. I was crying till I felt tears because I wasn't paying attention to me. I was paying attention I to the cried. screen. Oh my God! Did I cry? I cried through. A quiet place as well, but it was more mm-hmm. out of just tension, right? It yeah. was like you know, um, the, the 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 sadness and despair that Hereditary gives its audience is mm-hmm. that's why people didn't like it. I, it wasn't that it was bad film, and no one, no one out there can say this is a bad movie. I actually think it's just because. It just makes you feel uncomfortable. It is absolutely one of yeah. the most uncomfortable watches. I would say since The Invitation, which was one of my favorite films a couple years back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, you know, just the, the everything is running under the surface. Even when it gets intense, like the moments, like like okay, but first of all, the moment where she's on the floor, inconsolable, is absolutely the reason why she yeah. should be an Oscar winner. That moment mm-hmm. was real. I have only heard yeah. that that tone and the way it triggered in me when I've heard it in real life. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it in real life. I don't like yeah. to talk yeah. about yeah. it, but but I know what that that type of grief sounds like. And she did it. And there was only one other film recently that had me like freaking out like that. And it was a movie called The Devil's Candy a couple uh, uh, two years back, mm. and the little, that little yeah. girl could scream, and I'd be like, "Where's Lily? Where's Lily? Where's my daughter? Where's my daughter?" I would no. be like, like a like a, yeah. and, and I felt the same way during Hereditary. I just going, "Where is everybody? Who is every? Why is this happening? Oh my God! No, don't go to her house. I mean, the whole thing, like inside my head, I was just the whole time you're engaged. You're just absolutely. But engaged. It's, yeah. it's not just the acting. It's also the little subtle camera work um, going into the words and the symbols that are like. Yes, yes. yes. Um, oh, well, in the wall. Or, or when it shows the sun sitting in the room and then just out of nowhere, she's like crawling on the side of the fucking wall. And I was right. like, what's that? What's that? You know? Fuck. And then 
but it was but, unnerving. It was. I I have a lot of people said it was confusing, and I I want to no. agree completely. If you were paying yeah, attention, and it's funny because it shouldn't be there, confusing. There's a moment in the very opening of this movie. Spoiler alert. And if you don't pick up on it, you might miss it for the rest. But I noticed it immediately. And maybe because I, 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 I am a witch, after all, I noticed things like that. But the her, her mom is in the coffin, and she's wearing this beautiful silver symbol, right? Mm-hmm. Later on, two shots later, very subtly, but she's wearing uh, – Tony Collette's character is wearing the same thing. And yeah. it's just Booyah. one shot. But that one shot, if you paid attention, told you everything. Told yeah. you everything was about to happen. And you can't stop that it. Symbol, that symbol was carved into the telephone pole. Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The wreck happened. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. And, 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 and about the mental anguish, you mentioned you all – I just wanted to add briefly that you, you, you all did <laughs> mention the scene that she talks about and the mental illness – and without, I don't want to drag up too much of my sordid past, but uh, I've been to several treatment facilities and, and those kinds of groups and meetings. And when she start, I cannot watch that film as many times as I have, which is bordering on a dozen at least now. I bought the Blu-ray, saw it in theaters. But uh, when she says, you know, I feel to blame, like I'm to blame, like I feel like it touches on this thing that I always felt. And you also mentioned Haunted Hill and connecting it to that. I said that Haunted Hill with the Luke character portrayed not only like an addict well, but how an addict affects his family well. And, and just all those things tied in together. I, it's just great to see kind of more accurate representation of that kind of, you know, they say mental health on screen or whatever, addiction, whatever it is, but uh, it moves me every time to tears because I do feel guilty and I do feel ashamed and we're not supposed to talk about those things. And I think that, uh, you know, mental health as a term needs to go away because, you, you know, you don't say foot health, you know, you don't say, you know, my, my, you know, my knee health, you know, it's just health. So I think that that all kind of corresponds back to that. And I, and, uh, I do think that it is uh, large and large, like you said, a, a film about mental illness. And uh, it, it was my number one. So, yeah, it, it, yeah. it's just mm-hmm. it, it's powerful. It, 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 mm-hmm. it doesn't even seem like a, a just. Three out of five of us had it as our number one. I think that says a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and, definitely. Well, and, and I do want to back up one more thing about Aaron said something about the, the film itself and not just the acting, the coolest thing I think outside of the, the uh, scary poor toy from a quiet place, my favorite props this year were the tableaus and the miniatures she was making for her museum exhibits yeah. and how they were using so those to tell the story. Yeah. Of, yeah, all the exposition yeah. were in the tableaus yeah. and how she was using it to sort her shit out, mm. but it was also giving us as the audience just enough foreshadowing and exposition to tell, keep yeah. us engaged in the story and to follow yeah, really the smart. mystery she's following. Because we see most of the film, even though we do change focus almost 
four times in the film. Characters do shift yeah. in this movie. Most yeah. of it's with Toni Collette's uh-huh. character and her mystery that she's trying to solve. And, and, you, and you're on board, but you have to pay attention. But, yeah, you, you know, it's not just and her it's looking for the clues. She film. is the clue. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's, it's her first film. Oh, the poor kid. Oh, my God. You feel so oh. bad for that kid and Gabriel Byrne and everyone. You just feel so yeah. bad for everybody in that movie. It's like, oh, my yeah. God. Uh, you know, so I just got that ends. Gabriel Byrne. Oh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. Waka, all right. Waka. I'll be here on Waka Waka. See, what right. going? What's, your, what's, your number, what's your number What's your number four? Well, my we number keep four was running late. I know, I know. I'm sorry. It's probably my. It's probably my fault. You're the one. Oh, you're good. the one. I will say on my first day that told me to take my pants off and start drinking for the for anybody. Well, you know. <laughs> okay. And, 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 and this one is always our longest episode. We always put in extra time for this one. So you know, don't worry. Yeah, the, the rest of them will stay within two hours. For... This one does bleed over. Because we have his shit to In case anybody out, needs no. that for legal depositions or anything later, <laughs> I was instructed to take my pants off and drink. But anyway, my number four was my number four was Annihilation. That's gone, thanks to all of your excellent tastes. So instead of moving up to number three, I'll go down to my number um, six pick, which will be a runner-up here, substitute for it's my number six favorite film of the year. I want to preface it real quick by saying and I almost scratched it from my list entirely because of the filmmaker. All right. First of all, my favorite <laughs> filmmaker growing up was Roman Polanski. Okay. So I have problems with having – my favorite comedian was Louis C.K. I have a lot of problems with having <laughs> heroes that turn out to be rapists um, and assholes. Kevin Spacey was one of my favorite actors. I'm not ashamed to admit this. I just – it fucking happened. I didn't know these people personally. But anyway, The House that Jack Built. Um, oh, that is my movie. Number- yes, and I Wanna saw Jen Soska, who I am the back. I am such a Soska sisters fan. I am I I wish I had an American Mary tattoo. I worship the ground that they walk on. They are the coolest set of filmmaking diabolical twins in the solar system as far as I'm concerned. And then I, I shared an article about that on this very archivist page, and she was very honest in she about responded. her feelings towards Von Trier. Yes, she was, and I she agreed, responded. And I, almost, I was like, I know, I said, wow, I'm really glad I didn't like this and just shared it, because, but I did, here's the thing, it's impo- I would be lying if I said I didn't think the film was important, whether or not Lars von Trier is a fucking asshole, which it appears to be that he is, and he's proudly so. He's a man that once sat next to Kirsten Dunst and purposely brought up Hitler and compared himself to him just to fucking make her seem awkward. So, I mean, just to make her feel uncomfortable, I mean, and that's not even considering the fact that he allegedly, which I would say probably, you know, sexually assaulted Bjork and at the very least fucking bullied her. But, hey, she won an Oscar. Ah. But, you know, yeah, he's a fucking piece of shit. So that being said, House and Jack built, though, I'm drawn to dark things, as I mentioned earlier. I'm, I can't help it. I'm, I call it white privilege and white guy, whatever. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I'm drawn to monstrous things. I'm drawn to art mixed with evil. I am a Satanist. I, I'm not a temple guy or whatever. I'm a COS guy. But at the same time, moving on to the film, I thought the film was um, very powerful. Um, I thought it was like 
also very pretentious and annoying um, in a wink Isn't wink all way. Isn't all of this film pretentious uh, and annoying, even the good ones? That's yeah, in a wink, yeah. And, but I think that there's, but I think that it's, I think that it's knowing. I think that he's doing that on purpose. And I think that outside of Gaspar No, firstly, no one can move a camera like him that's alive and create the most interesting shots. I love the shots that he creates. I loved Matt Dillon's performance. I loved. I'm obsessed with with true crime and serial killers. It's very based and 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 not based as the internet kids use that term. Scratch that. It very like based as in I'm not exactly that comfortable with it because it does feel exploitative. But this film really does make a point in terms of all that. It makes you feel guilty for getting off on this kind of thing, and I do have to admit. I get off on that kind of thing. I don't watch Faces of Death or anything like that, but I am one of my, other than my three favorite films I'm looking forward to this year are Rabid, Joker, and the Ted Bundy film of Zac Efron. Uh, So, like, I'm, you know, I'm obsessed with those types of stories. I love American Psycho, and this film is like jazz, is the way it plays. It's horrendous. But it's also true. There's so many true moments that are horrific. Like the, it goes back to that whole. Steve? You mind there? Okay, I thought I lost it. It oh. goes back to that whole like that whole open <laughs> windows thing. You know that open windows theory. Sorry, I thought my phone died. But that open the, the best part of the film, and I'll end it there because the film pretty much pretty much if you read about it, it's exactly as it's laid out in the articles. It juxtaposes between like six or five or six different murders. I can't remember. They're all pretty horrific, and it goes about them in detail. And they use big names for the most part, or semi big names to. Um, be the victims and uh, he goes throughout these murders and in between those he's having this dialogue with Virgil uh, this guy who you think's in his head but you it's it's, it's fucking Virgil and you, you know and uh, so it, um, it and then he rips on art and jazz and Warhol and and film and media and and things like that and is the viewer guilty? And it's like I said, in much the same way for kind of maybe art house pretension uh, reasons, I'm drawn to that shit. Like Refn's one of my favorite filmmakers. And so either people are going to flock to the house that Jack built. Um, and on top of that, we it, it wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't be so bad if the filmmaker in question didn't have a history of abusing people and just being a fucking prick, but I'm still drawn to it. I, I would be lying if I said I wouldn't go see a new Polanski film, so I have to admit it. I you know Maybe I should work through it, but The House of Jack Built, love it or hate it, is worth your time and – most of my choices at the end of the day will be films like that that I feel are worth your time. Well, you're not the only one that's had it on their top ten list, so there's got to be really? something going on. Yeah, no, I've read it on several people's top ten lists, uh, including a couple mainstream people. So it's getting yeah. around. Yeah, so Aaron, Kogan, you're four. My number four is a perfect example of uh, movies and just life in, in 2018. I, I think it was all politics and horror and politics being a horror. And my number four is politics and horror. It's the death of Stalin. 
And, oh, uh, that's great. Yeah, it just such a great film. I, I'm a political junkie. Um, I oh, good. know a little bit about uh, Russia and because Grandpa Isaac uh, escaped that nonsense right before it all went to shit. So uh, mm-hmm. it's always been particularly Shout fascinating. Shout out to Grandpa Isaac. I got to meet him. So yeah, oh man, yeah. big up Grant character. Um, and the film is just brilliant. Uh, it, it, it's uh, kind of subtitled or sold as a comedy of terrors, which is the perfect description of it. It's black, black, black comedy. Uh, made mm-hmm. maybe even blacker because that shit really went down, yo. Um, <laughs> it's got some great performances. Uh, Steve Buscemi as Nikita Khrushchev reminded me a little bit of his Boardwalk Empire character scheming and trying to to move all the chess pieces into place. Uh, uh, Michael Palin has a really nice role uh, that I'd love to talk to him about sometime because he's all over. He plays Molotov and. Man, you have to see the film to just watch him scheming. And and I never quite know what side he's playing. I never quite know if he's towing the party line or he's flouting it in their face and why. And it's just really fascinating to watch him. And then Jason Isaacs just steals the whole fucking show. He's this charismatic general, uh, Zukov. Uh, head of the armies, uh, and he, he he's he's fucking Jason Isaacs. You can't take your eyes off him. Well, there's no way you can watch the death of Stalin, too, man. We saw that. We're lucky enough to have a micro cinema, underground cinema here in Charleston, West Virginia, and it played there. And man, you cannot watch that movie and not, like you said, it's hilarious. But there's an undertone of. I shouldn't be fucking laughing at this. Right? Like, this is really close to really fucking bad. Because it's murder, it's rape. Oh, my God. Um, Stalin put up bigger numbers than Hitler. Right? Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, I know. But it, yeah. it's a great no, no, film. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great film, and it, but it also shows the inner workings of a bureaucracy that's dumb and inept in much the way that one could argue any modern administration, especially the fucking current one. My God, the one that hasn't worked in 32 days is, uh, yeah. you know, we're running things. So I just, it well, just they, you can, you, yeah, totally, man. Yeah. The, the and, Trump administration definitely has aspirations of doing something like this, but even closer to, to reality and what we're dealing with right now, this is what Putin came out of. I mean, the system yes. that was in place here is the same one that set up the KGB. And that's exactly where Vladimir Putin came out of. So if you, if you want to know what Russia's all about now, eh, Death of Stalin gives you a nice background on, on what mm-hmm. the USSR was like in, in the, the really nascent days. I, I mean, uh, Lenin and Stalin the rock stars and it was all personality, personality, personality. And then Stalin dies and it comes bureaucracy, bureaucracy, bureaucracy. I mean, this could well, have that... easily been a film about the third Reich. Yeah. Like, in it, there's no difference to me between the two. 
Like, there, it, it was very well, disturbing. It's fascism. So, I mean, they called yeah. it communism, but Putin is a fascist. He's not a communist. Exactly. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, say, yeah, with, exactly. But we can, that's another time and another podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, Death of Solid was also on Obama's best list with Beale Street. Oh, I don't shit. Know he had that on the, yeah, he loved it. He said it was Ooh. one of his favorite I haven't seen uh, this list. Yeah, you look it up. He, I was really impressed with like President mm-hmm. Obama's like best of movie list. I was like, shit, he's watching good films. It, it, uh, I think it made Guillermo del Toro's twelve best of the year too. Yeah, I, I've seen it on shit. a few lists actually. Um, okay, so I had a tie at number four, and it was a quiet place. Um, this year, Ooh. my favorite things have been monster movies and a lot of witchy mm-hmm. pagan films, and the the tie is both. And I was very pleased, and I saw it at the beginning of the year, January Gems. I always, there's always a film on my top ten that is from the wintertime that stuck with me, and it's usually a horror film. And this year is no different, and it was called The Ritual. It went straight to Netflix. Oh, Um, Yeah, directed by David Bruckner, and it is actually a pretty darn good film. It's about male masculinity. It's about being lost in the woods. Um, There's pagan sacrifice. There's a monster, and the monster design is a little uh, weird and upsetting, but when you realize what it is, and it took me a while, uh, a friend and I, and we, we, we researched it. We realized it's Slefner, the Norse god, the horse. Totally Slefner. It is. It's what it is. It's Slefner, the horse. Uh, so it's a Norse god, and people are being sacrificed and praying to it. And and and, and all the beautiful sequences that start in the beginning with the bar and then the, uh, and then the vines growing through it in all the dream sequences. And I'm not a huge fan of dream sequences. Usually, I think they slow down story a lot of time. I think these ones actually moved the story along and made it more relevant. And I really love the cinematography of the ritual. It was very beautiful. The colors, like, you know, we're, we're lost in the forest. Lots of things shot with, uh, you know, with uh, open fires, uh, you know, uh, ancient imagery, lots of really cool vines and antlers and I just really like the aesthetic of this movie it's not perfect yeah I I think it it doesn't explain itself quite well enough unless you really like I said only reason why I I am a huge fan of mythology and as a sexy pagan witch know a lot about mythology so it was pretty quick for me to figure out what it was I was like oh this is totally what this is Right, but not everyone's gonna know or pick up on it, and it's not. It's they don't really explain. But I don't think you really have to explain your monster, but you should show your monster. No. Bird box, I'll give a pass on, but you should usually show your monster I, at some point. I thought that the ritual was awesome too, and I thought that the uh, the what, what pops up in my mind, and it may have even been in the trailer. It's been I watched it. I didn't have it premiered at the beginning of the year. And I think it was like based on a British novel. What I remember about it more than anything is one scene in particular, which just sticks with me all the fucking time, which is uh, the, the general hauntingness of the film. But that scene, you were talking about the cinematography, when they're walking, he's walking through the woods and it's either dream logic or Lynchian or something, you know, in a sense, uh, to where there's the shelves of the supermarket where the initial incident yeah. happened, where he was a supposed coward, right, or something. Yeah, yeah that was fucking yeah. beautifully shot 
Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. It's cool. It's cool as fuck. Yeah, and, that was and, fucking and, cool. Yeah. And, and spoilers, there's this whole like subplot of they keep finding things stuck in trees, and when they finally yeah. reveal how it happens, it's so Ooh. hysterical. Oh my god, yeah. I was laughing yeah. so hard. I'm like, oh my god, that's what's going on. <laughs> oh my god, it's so much fun. Old school monster. But men movie. won't react that way, you know. But but a lot of guys won't react that way to it. Like no, a, like, a lot of that movie is. Well, I'll give them an alternate then. If you don't like the ritual and you have issues with masculinity, which I don't know why you would, but it's, it's, it's no, 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 no. I mean, people, that's what I'm... They can watch the Endless, which is just as good, and they can, <laughs> you know. But if they're if they want to feel safe, you know, they can watch that movie. Uh, the ritual is not a that, safe stop. You know, I'm with you on the ritual over the Endless by a mile, which I think yeah. is exceedingly unpopular in the circles that I see online, but I think the ritual, I think the Endless tops my list of overhyped films of the year, but in the ritual is far better. Yeah, okay. So that's my number four. Um, Aaron Marie, number three. My number three is um, Spanish language film Revenge. Um, no! It's Shutter. It's my two. And it was fantastic. Just balls to the wall the entire time, heart-wrenching, action. Does this chick make it? Holy shit, how is she surviving all of this and fighting back? It's just solid all around a really good movie. I'm clearly glad to hear that. And it's also made a bunch of people's top ten lists. A couple of mainstream people had it on their list, too. Uh, Revenge is really getting word out, and I'm really pleased yeah. about that. So, anyway, And you, somebody else yeah, had it on two. their list. Number it was two. my two. It was my two. It, uh, it, it really – the thing about Revenge is how pretty everybody looks in that movie and how, uh, how disturbing it is. It's just one of those movies as a guy – to sit there and watch and just like uh, realize that just man, just just how it's just fucked up male thinking and just watching that whole scene play out to where she dances yeah. and to where she's sexy. So that must mean that I'm, you know I get to fuck her. Like just the whole thing is disturbing on so many levels, and everybody looks so kind of unrealistically perfect in a model sense, which I think is intentional. But yeah, that was my two. It's fucking awesome. Cool, cool, cool. So. Revenge, yep, it is on Shudder, as is Mandy. Mandy is also on Shudder. Uh, and and yep. Discovery of Witches, the panel I went to see at San Diego Comic-Con with uh, Alexis Kingston from uh, Doctor Who, she stars in it, uh, that also dropped on Shudder yesterday. So uh, uh, lots Yay. to watch on Shudder. Yeah, so uh, definitely check out Revenge. Uh, so, Raven, what is your number? We're at three, right? Three. Yeah, my number three uh, is Isle of Dogs. Mine too! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I love it because it sounds like I love dogs, and I do. Also, (laughs) Jeff Goldblum and Bill Murray. What more you want? Were the dogs so sweet in that movie? Yes. They were all good. All I want in life. Is every I- dog to be my friend? That's my goal. <laughs> so I love that so, movie. Aww. Wes Anderson. Oh, God, this floor was beautiful. 
score was beautiful. It was nominated too. Yeah. So congratulations. Um, um, I know that Erin Marie doesn't really like stop animation, yeah. but I, I absolutely adore yeah. it. It's one of my favorite things and on I the planet. Uh, and and the book and they're what? adapting is really fucking good. So it, it, you know it, it's 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 a it's an adaption, but it's all completely original. What makes you endured to it, uh, Raven? Uh, is first of all, it's just eye candy. Um, there's a lot to look at. I can probably watch it 20 times and find something new each time. Uh, and probably if you have less than like a 52 inch screen, <laughs> you might have a hard time seeing all the stuff. Cause there's like subtitles over here and a news ticker over here. And uh, you know, there's a lot to look at. So if you have a smaller screen, it might be hard to see anything, but um, I liked that it was busy and I liked that there was always something to look at. And then of course, everyone in the voice cast is just, you know, you know who it is as soon as one syllable comes out of their mouth, mm-hmm. and they're all, you know, Wes Anderson's regulars for the most part. Um, Until the Swinton oh, again, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, Tilda Swinton again. I mean, she was all over the place this year. So uh, as usual, the the actress who was Lady Bird is one of the voices as well, and she did a great job. Cheers, Thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's right. And it was the casting is good. Wes Anderson's script is good. The adaptation is good. Everything. The dogs were good. The dogs are sweet. And 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 like when they coughed and they were like, oof, and you're like, aww. Aww. <laughs> it, it made me so emotional. Oh, the feels. I would I mean, never everything. send my dog to an island over snout fever over my dead body. <laughs> oh my god, no. No, no the, 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 the dogs is such a good book. I'd though. go before um, I'd send my fucking dog. Oh mm-hmm. my god. <laughs> yeah, so, number three, that is great number three. I validate your number mm-hmm. three because it's my number yes. three as well. So, excellent. That's um, awesome. All right, Steve, what's your number three? My number three is the only one on my list left that hasn't already been marked off. It's Lynn Ramsey's um, off not mentioned for whatever fucking reason. You were never really here during Joaquin Phoenix. Mm. Soon to crush all expectations and shatter the comic book world. But yeah, this movie's perfect. Okay, I I, I thought this movie was like uh, Taxi Driver meets Drive. I think Lynn Ramsey is a great filmmaker. I just wish Lynn Ramsey wouldn't wait eight years between films because uh, we need to talk about Kevin was awesome. Um, If you haven't seen this film, go see it. I know we're not trying to dive too deep into other things, but uh, I just thought that it was quiet. I thought that um, there was a time that uh, Joaquin Phoenix seemed to have lost it, and that was maybe purposeful, but I'm still here. It's very cringeworthy to go back on and watch that all-time period. But he pulled it together with Paul Thomas Anderson and has proven to be one of the greatest actors, I think, that's – yeah, one of the biggest actors, let's say, in Hollywood that people give praise to. But um, and I think that performance helps solidify it. And that, uh, but more importantly than that, I think that the, that the film itself falls in line with a great tradition of like idiosyncratic kind of uh, cinema that feels American. 
that falls in line, like I said, with like taxi driver meets kind of drive or something. So, yeah, I really liked it. I think that it's a quiet, intense film. Coolness. And, and you know what I love about this round robin? See, like all of us are hitting films like of different, even though some of us overlap, but we're all hitting important films, even if they're not on our list. That's why you do it this yeah. way, you know, and, and, yeah. and that's a film that I overlooked, but one of you guys picked up because I only got that film under my radar in the last week. Like, I didn't even know mm. about it. Uh, so I, I'm definitely, it's in my queue now. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, so. It made my like honorable mention. in my queue now. Oh, mm. so Aaron. Yeah, it, I, it, it, yeah it's in it, my it, queue as well. I haven't seen uh-huh. it yet. And, yeah. and you just said it was I, in your honorable mentions, Aaron? I did. Um, I really liked it. I think the taxi driver analogy is spot on. I also thought it was a little bit like Thief, especially yes. with the driving score. Michael Mann, who's one of my favorite Yeah, directors. exactly. So it's no surprise that Which I Which is one of my movie, absolute honestly... favorite, you know, Tangerine Dreams yeah. soundtrack for that movie is one of my all-time fucking favorites. And I thought... Uh, the way it kind of drove everything was a, a little reminiscent of that. Cool. Nice. Yeah, drive so. is too easy of a comparison. Drive is too easy of a comparison. I think I'm going to steal yours instead. <laughs> <laughs> please, please do. Okay, so, Aaron, what's, what's your number three? My number three, I think I'm probably a, a lone ranger on this one, but uh, no pun intended. It is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Hey, and, uh, that's if, my number eight. If you're, oh, right on, right on. If you're a Coen Brothers uh, fan, which I am, this is Coen Brothers to the wall. Um, it, it, as one critic said, mm-hmm. it's a masterclass in movie making. Uh, it, it it does to the old west what uh, Coen Brothers do to everything that that they look at. They dissect it under a different lens. I I, I mean. If, if there's an, any more American branch of cinema than the the Western, I don't know what it is, but I swear to God, uh, they they make you look at shots and things, elements of the West, in ways you never thought of before, while still being very true to their own brand of cinema. I mean, they're auteurs, and if you don't think in the very first segment of uh, the bit in uh, Hudsucker Proxy where he's uh, flying away, where Hudsucker is flying away, uh, then you haven't seen it recently, and you, you should watch it again because it's a really great film. But um, I, I, it I works on a lot it. of different levels. It does. Um, we don't have time to go into how like long and interesting and different this film is, other yeah. than it's obvious it's themes about death. But I want to say yeah. that the sequence about the, the, the orator that has no arms and legs is one of yeah. the saddest. Thing I saw. Shit. Oh my god, was that the saddest story oh. ever? <laughs> oh if it doesn't right? make you sad, you have no soul. You have no oh, How great oh was Tom Waits? Oh. And how and how great oh was it when Tom Waits god, wasn't great. dead? I mean that was oh. Oh, yeah, I was just so happy that he wasn't dead. I mean no, yeah, but you're right, that or better with oh. Tom Waits. There's other sequences yeah. that are sad, but but didn't quite have the emotional weight. But that right. one, for some reason, was so emotionally that weighted. That stuck with and, me. Uh, oh yeah. If we had I, more time, I would I would dive deep into what the problems I have with Buster Scruggs as to why it didn't make my list. But just quickly, I'll say in one sentence, Aaron, 
that I totally agree with you, despite my feelings on it as a fan of the Coens, that it is very distinctly Coens and that it's that it should be watched and that it is very important and it is syncretic in what they have to say. It goes on the shelf with all the other ones. <laughs> you know, yeah, it does. And we if will talk about it, uh, shelf, it, it in detail because this year, sometimes in the spring, we don't know yet when, we get the Deadwood movie. And so we're going to devote Ooh. an entire episode to Westerns when the Deadwood movie comes out. Nice. So, uh, so we'll talk about it then because we definitely have to. Because I don't do Westerns very often, Wait, but I love Westerns. Definitely don't do Westerns. Yeah, well, we're going to do show or something. Deadwood. Deadwood was one yeah. of the best TV shows ever. Ian McShane has got two things coming I'm out kidding. in the next year or so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Deadwood, the movie, which is going to wrap up all the shit from the first three seasons uh, of Deadwood. And then he has American Gods season two. So all yeah. hail Ian McShane. He's, you know. yeah, all hail. I'm worried about yeah. season two. I'm worried. I'm worried about season I'm two. I'm worried too. Oh my god, I am so scared. Fuller but I'm left. Still gonna, Fuller I'm left. gonna try. I'm gonna yeah. try. I'm Is gonna Kendall go for it. Still Is Kendall with Jillian Anderson left? Still there? Yes. Everybody. No, Kristen yes. left. Did, did Chenna with leave too? Yes. Yes. with left. Yes, he did. It was oh no! See? Oh my gosh! Okay, all right. Anyway, okay. moving on, moving on. Another show, another show. All right. Well, oh, no. my three was also <laughs> Isle of Dogs, so I'm going to briefly bring up my number six. And my number six is more mm. of a sentimental choice, uh, but I have mm. to shout out one of the more fun films. I saw a lot of horror in the theater this year. I was very pleased, and yeah. I was very pleased with most of the mainstream stuff I saw. And I don't normally have slashers on my list, but this one made it. Hellfest. I adore yes. that movie. I fucking love that movie. I thought it was so much so fun. fun. It hired my friends. In okay, the Days of the Dead. By the way, is this weekend. Shout out Days of the Dead Atlanta. A lot of those boys and girls mm-hmm. and ladies and whoever else worked on that, including uh, the uh, uh, May, uh, what's it, amazing Maybelle, who is a, uh, she was the bearded lady in the movie. She's actually in the film. And so shout out. Whoa. <laughs> you know, so, That's uh, awesome. So, yeah, it, it is the, uh, as a scare actor, it is like a fantasy dream world, what every scare actor would love to have as a Halloween haunt like every type of cool thing. There's some things you can't possibly do in that film. Okay, I will say that. But there's so much stuff that you can do, like the eyeballs. Um, the pacing's actually decent. Tony Todd has a kick-ass cameo. We could have had more of him in that. Um, you know, oh, yeah. I, you know uh, I, I, I but are relatively nice people to each other. It takes place on Halloween. Automatic triple bonus. Uh, you know, so, uh, <laughs> Automatic triple bonus. You That's got right. It. Yeah. So, so <laughs> it, it, I, I really had fun, and it was a fun film to go on an afternoon uh, matinee with a bunch of teenagers just screaming their heads off, which was like the exact yeah. crowd I wanted to see it with. So anyway, that's healthy. Anybody like yay or you can poo poo me. I just thought it was fun. No, yes, yes to Hellfest. Yes, it's not on my list because of sheer shame, and I am now ashamed that I didn't include it. <laughs> it was great. Oh, good. I, I, I'm so glad I got to mention Hellfest because I, 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 it Hawk. popped up Let's in the theater, too. 
It fucking bombed in the theaters. And I'm like, like, you guys bitch that this is the exact kind of stuff you want to see. You want to see good yeah. slasher. Here's a good slasher, and you don't go see it. Fuck and you. Don't fucking I went go. to see it. Fucking I went go. to see it. I went so anyway, to see it on opening weekend. I was right there with hey, you. I was high five. I will say right now, okay, as as my contest, a lot of motherfuckers went to see it. Not it, the reason why oh, yeah. it was not a, it was a flop was not because of us. You helped help it. <laughs> they should remember yeah. you for the sequel. They should give me a part of their <laughs> money. That's right. Well, they didn't make any, but that's okay. goddamn uh, right. They can give me. <laughs> they can give me the big eyeball. I would be completely happy. That's right. Yeah. yeah so it's fine. all right. It's fine. So number t- number two, Aaron Marie. Hey, we're almost there. Oh, yeah. And so my number two <laughs> was Red Player One. Okay. I, oh, have right. I saw that today. I saw it today. That's my that fun in a long time. It was yes. fun. Painting. It was visually stimulating. It was nostalgia in every form. Like everything about that movie was just entertaining from the beginning to end. I wasn't bored ever. I fucking loved every minute of it. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's that's that film in a nutshell. I thought like the, like my my girlfriend Rachel, right? She hates shit like that. Like anything that's overtly just CGI driven, she's always like, "Oh, great, another superhero movie." Let me guess, a fucking light beam in the sky. She loved it, and I couldn't believe it. It's just fun. Mm. You're absolutely correct. And that's, I mean, it's it's fun in the same aspect that Thor Ragnarok was for me. It was just, just candy. It was just cinema candy. Just so much fun. That's true. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Should have put it on my list. Should have put it on my what? list. <laughs> Raven, what's your number two? Um, my, well, first of all, I should add that in Ready Player One, that scene... And the Overlook Hotel is the most amazing thing ever, oh, aside from just okay. watching Kubrick. Uh, I, I, yes, yes. I want to say I'm not the fan that Aaron Marie is of the movie. I saw it today. But that sequence was so cool. That's worth God. your price of admission right there. Oh, yes. my yes. God. Oh, my God. It's not the only thing they do it with. They do it with so many things. That's why I said it's like nostalgia. And, I mean, there's so many things. it really is. Oh, I got a lot of – they even shout out to John Borman's caliber in the movie. And, I mean, there's a lot. I I got a lot of the pop references of that movie. At one point, they knocked over Perseus' shield. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Perseus' shield gets knocked around like twice from Clash of the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know. So anyway, but yeah. just the best so, use of Chucky in like three child's play yeah. films in Ready Player One. <laughs> True. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. It so, is really yeah, pretty. Film. It's a very, very pretty film. It earned its uh, visual effects nomination. I do think so. The, so yeah, the utter joy of Spielberg. Just the utter joy yeah. that Spielberg can do when he wants to. Right, because yeah, exactly. making war dramas and other things. I was just really happy to see him no. get back to something fun. Yeah, get back to, to kids who swear. That's my favorite <laughs> That's Spielberg, right. Spielberg <laughs> genre. <laughs> yeah, if you have yeah. swearing kids, kids in it, I'm in. Yeah. Amblin right. Entertainment. Amblin what Entertainment was, all the way. What's the very, uh, my, one of my favorite, what is the very first word uttered in Poltergeist? Shit. 
<laughs> Shit. That's correct. That is Isn't correct. That's right. Yeah. No. <laughs> Which we all know My now. favorite Sorry, line Toby from E.T. Spielberg directed that. Sorry. Everybody. Yeah. Oh. I like that. That's, that's my favorite line from because E.T., though. Basically. <laughs> my favorite line from E.T. is still, it wasn't like that penis breath. Yeah, penis, penis breath. breath. That's like my favorite line from E.T. Yeah. also. Oh, my all gosh. Right, so, when I was a kid. Oh, okay. no. Never mind. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, we got Raven's got her. This is Raven's floor. Raven, what's your three? Yeah, get off my floor, bitch. Number two, get off my floor, bitch. Oh my god, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, I just no. got gone oh, off the floor. I've been gone. Uh, <laughs> so two, I'm very, two. very happy to have seen number two in a theater because it's Yay. another movie where there's so much stuff going on the screen that if you see it. In anything smaller, you're going to miss a lot of stuff. I had zero expectations, although I'm a bit of a Marvel geek, too. Maybe there was some nerd, snotty, judgy expectations. I, think we have a... <clears throat> Ooh, I know girl. which one it is. I know, I know. Aquaman? Is it Aquaman? Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Oh, okay. Cool. Right. Raven, uh, verse five five. My number two as well. My number two. We, we locked up my two. Oh, it's so Aaron Cogan. Woo! Yeah. Didn't make my Absolutely. list. Oh my god. No. Well, Go ahead. <laughs> I know everyone's like, what the Who fuck, dude? <laughs> I, I, so I really I'm trying to work past it. Okay. Yeah. I everyone has something, you know. But uh Yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, I, when DC I, was awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, one of those one of those reminiscent sadnesses. Yeah, um, get off my lawn. Yeah. <laughs> I actually own a whole bunch of the Spider Ham comics because I love King. <laughs> um, yeah, so I had a bunch of like Peter Porker turning into Spider Ham comics, and when I saw him, nice. just. A little snippet of him what? in one of the teaser trailers. I was going, is that really fucking Spider-Ham? And sure oh, shit, yeah. there he is. Oinking up a storm, and I'm so glad that it was John Mulaney, too, because I love him, and he's my famous stand-up boyfriend. He's fucking I awesome. He's the best. Okay. Yeah, Barry Hogan and I went walking around San Diego Comic-Con. Into the Spider-Verse was one of the only Marvel properties that was actually there that year. Uh, so, uh, and I, the trailer, my jaw hit the floor, like absolutely hit the floor. I was like, I've never seen animation like that before. I was on board immediately. My husband, who doesn't even give a shit about comic book films, came into the room the other day, right before it came out and goes, I just saw this most amazing trailer and it was, you know, (laughs) in a Spider-Verse and I was like, all right. And so we went to go see it in, um, digital. 3D uh, in an Atmos theater, you know, one of the big sound theaters with the 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, if you don't see it on the big screen, you will miss everything. And my favorite joke yeah. is when he throws the bagel and it hits the kid in the head and goes, Bagel! Subtle, you'll miss it if you blink. It is hysterical. And you would not <laughs> see it on a small screen, like, at all. Anyway, so, yeah, it's so and good. So many different kinds of artwork happening at the same time and they even have mm. the effects where like there's the offset uh, the off center printing of like the magenta and yellow and old school comic books they'll do oh, that as, like, on purpose it, it, as part of the background and they they mm-hmm. go through like every genre of comic book style um it, over the past it, few decades and it's beautiful i, yeah. I love like peter parker goes here's my mallet it'll fit in your pocket 
everything like about it like the whole our whole family went to see it we all loved it like from dad myself evil genius we we're just we were completely on board from the moment that film started to the end and and you know i i, I it gives me a lot of hope that there's some fresh blood still to be done in mm-hmm. comic books because the stories start to get a little repetitive. Big bad, fight the big bad. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You know, and this, right. this was, you know, and it's, the story itself was still a comic book story, but the 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 the, the artistry, the vibrancy of it, the way it's told, the the textures, the layers, the, the family the, cameo, the continuity oh, and what a great cameo too. Oh my God! Yeah. Everything about it, uh, you know, Spider Gwen is in it, which is like, you know, Gwen Stacy. Right. I I, I want to see more. Gwen yes, Stacey, I do love absolutely. her. Oh I my God! I love Spider Gwen. I read those <laughs> comics. That's one yeah. of the two Marvel titles I read last year. That and um, a couple others, but that was great. You should read some Spider Ham. I'm just saying. Uh, I didn't uh, know wait. when you said that my jaw <laughs> dropped because, like I said, I have so many DC comics one of these days. I think I spend so much money on it, my girlfriend's going to just throw me over a bridge. But Marvel, I pick and choose to where I don't know what's going on. So when you said that, my jaw dropped. I thought that was a movie invention when I saw the movie. Oh, no. Uh, no. You no, wish. Did the continuity <laughs> no, it was on awesome. it I'm is so, glad so to good. Comic. Yeah. It's a real deal. No, I Marvel. I have a lot oh, to learn with Marvel. I read Dazzler and I go, never mind. I'm getting all things, but I don't read that well, many Marvel books. All, all I'm gonna say is stay for the credits because the credit scene in yes. in this movie was the best ever. Really? Uh, I mean, I, and that was my first Spider-Man was the '68 Ralph Bakshi show. So <laughs> I was, like, was it? So yeah, like, same. Yeah, so uh, you know, so that was awesome. Do you think uh, that we'll okay. get more films in this universe? Uh, I hope uh, so. Yes. Oh yes. yeah. They Are you kidding? A sequel. They did. They no, did no, 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 no. I'm not kidding. No, no, no. no. They absolutely did. With the I money they did. I just, yeah. I'm just yeah, curious. I, I'm positive. They did. I guess. I guess my better uh, the better question is n- never mind. Well, I'll save that for a different talk. All right, Mister. Uh, never mind. Yeah, because you know what, you got to step it up because you're number two. We only have a few more minutes before we go off air tonight. Sorry, so. my number two is already being marked <laughs> off. My, is, are you on me or did I skip somebody? Sorry. No, no, you are number two. You're next. Okay, Mr. number two was Mr. Revenge originally, and it's taken okay. as is my number one. So I'm going to go back down into my list. Oh, boy, I really don't want to talk about this one, but I will. I want to talk about something controversial that I liked, but I won't. Okay, uh, num- number eight, I'll just pick Halloween, uh, because it was my number eight, was, was David Gordon Green's Halloween. I wanted to talk about how much I like Grindelwald, but I'll save you all that shit. But anyway, um, <laughs> Halloween, but I thought I'd admit it for the record in case anyone ever had to question me about it. But anyway, Halloween. David Gordon Green. Okay, Halloween. My three favorite films of all time are Psycho, Night of the Living Dead, and Halloween from 1978 with The Exorcist just closely nipping at the heels. But anyway, 
Halloween 2018, I love it because it takes away that stupid shit about Laurie Strode being his sister. It takes away that stupid stuff about Jamie Lloyd. It takes away the even dumber shit about the Zodiac sign. It takes away Buster Rhymes saying trick-or-treat motherfucker. It takes away Josh Josh Hartnett being some stupid kid that Jamie Lee Curtis had somewhere along the way after she faked her death and had another fucking what? I mean, it took away... So now... The only films in the Halloween that exist, I love because it validates me as a human being. And this is the hill I've chosen (laughs) to die on. So give me 15 seconds, which is Season of the Witch. And for anyone that's listening, this is the only sequel that ever mattered and was ever worth a fuck as a film. (laughs) Four and five are garbage. Six is silly. Both cuts. Whatever came after that is equal garbage, okay? Rob Zombie's films. And I'll say this. I'll go out on a further limb so you can just go ahead and crucify me like Christ if you feel like it. Rob Zombie's Halloween was horrid. But his it sequel, is. which was a remake, was the most – but terrible. his sequel – was interesting because he at least decided to put forth some new ideas that didn't stick in my mouth like, oh, you know, the Akkad family needs another paycheck. But anyway, Halloween was great because it erased all that bullshit and it took it back to the essence of what made the original film great. A crazy motherfucker who we don't know why. I don't need to know why. It's like when Billy Loomis said in Scream about Hannibal Lecter, you know, do we really need to know why people don't think so, you know? We don't know. That I love that. I love that mysterious. I don't ever want to see the Blair Witch. You know, I love that. I want to keep my, my monsters in the shadows, and I love the fact that they just defied him, and they took all that shit away, and... Uh, David Gordon Green, before he was Mr. Pineapple Express, I loved his old films when I was in high school, like George Washington and Snow Those Angels. And he was George Washington. Yes, great they movie. were. Yeah. Yes, thank uh, you. I've never heard yeah. anyone else acknowledge they exist, but oh. to see him come around and do okay. this, I love it. My only problem with it is, is it's so successful. I'm afraid it will spawn a sequel that doesn't need to happen, but. Yeah. I love it. It's number eight on my list. Excellent. All uh, right, Aaron. Number okay, 10 on number mine. Two. Number 10, yours. And what's oh, your number good. two? Yeah, Halloween was number 10. Uh, I disagree yes. with uh, what you said about Hannibal Lecter, but that's another show. Um, my that's, number two that's, that's was... That's Thursday, if you want to call. Uh, <laughs> okay, I'll call in for that. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, <laughs> which has been taken. So let's talk about my number nine. How to Talk to Girls at Parties, which didn't oh. make anybody's list, but motherfucking should have because uh, A, yes. Neil Gaiman, and uh, B, John Cameron Mitchell. That was a John Cameron Mitchell oh, movie. That's what I thought. It yes. is. It's so it good. Fucking it's so is. fucking good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love it. I, I can't wait to see it again. Um, ridiculous. If you lived through... <laughs> The the proto-punk New Wave era, oh my god, are you going to have flashbacks like a motherfucker? And it's just a great, wonderful uh, Neil Gaiman short, short story brought to life on film by the guy who did Short Bus and Hedwig and the Angry Itch. And there's nothing not to love about this film. Nothing. Right. All right. I definitely have it's to put a, it in my queue. I haven't done that yet, and I've been regretting not doing it yet. Science fiction rom-com with uh, songs. Yeah. Go see it right now. Excellent. Fantastic. So, 
Now, my number two was also into the Spider-Verse because Raven and I oh. and Aaron have excellent taste. Um, <laughs> um, and we lost Aaron Marie. I'm sure that's her. Oh, no. We can't get back on. Well, we missed Aaron Marie. What's her number one? What's her number one, Aaron Marie? Can she hear me? Tell, ask her what uh, can I'm someone, messaging what's her right number now. One? I'm yeah, her right yeah, now. yeah. We want to know what her number one is, and then if not, she can choose one more. But let me go into my number seven while we're talking to her. And I just wanted to shout out, because it had my one of my favorite performances this year. Um, and it was a film um, that came out. That, oh, it yeah. It was Hereditary. Yeah, that's right. That's mm. why I thought she did say her number one was Hereditary. I just want to make sure you that I there's... caught her. So so have a good one, Erin Marie. Thank you for everything. If you can text her, tell her we love her, and we'll talk to her soon. So um, she can't get back on. But I wanted to give a shout-out to Jack Black and Kate Blanchett. She says that her substitute was so – I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She said her substitute would be Summer of 84. Oh, yeah. Good movie. I liked that movie, too. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't make my top ten, but I definitely think it's a solid movie. Absolutely. So tell her uh, we concur. Absolutely. So, solid movie. Um, a House is a Clock in Its Walls. It was my favorite hmm. kids oh. film last year. A lot of people missed it. Um, Jack Black and Kate Blanchett had the best chemistry I saw all year. I had mm-hmm. no idea that those guys should be a comic duo and go on the road, but they absolutely should. Uh, and, and they were the and it was a fun mix of CG and practical effects. The scary Jack Black baby at the end of the movie is actually a practical effect and not a CG, which makes it even creepier. Uh, so um, there, there's just a lot to like about it. It's a good Halloween romp, and I love seeing it in IMAX with the three thriller in front of it, which was fun. Uh, it's the thriller all cleaned up and looking the best it's ever looked. So uh, so I, I would say shout out to House of the Clock because it's walls. And Erin uh, Marie was a hereditary in summer of 84. Uh, Raven, what's your final film of the night? All right. Uh, I've got a documentary I have not seen on anybody else's list to the point where I, I double-checked what year it came out because I thought maybe maybe I was thinking of a wrong year and I saw it way further away ago. But no. Uh, it was HBO documentary called Robin Williams Come Inside My Mind. Aww. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Holy cow. It's always going to be too soon to see him for me. But seeing people like Billy Crystal now and um, all of the different actors and directors that he's worked with over the years and to see not only how much he changed comedy, but how he changed the structure of how TV shows are filmed because the cameras couldn't follow him around right. enough on Mork and Mindy because he was hopping around too much. So they added two yeah. handhelds and that's, that's the norm now all because he was a raging lunatic improv guy. <laughs> and I love that. <laughs> um, it's, I learned a lot of new stuff and I think I'm a pretty big fan, but uh, I didn't really know anything about his personal life. I knew really only about his roles and the stuff he did for um, comic relief and all that jazz but hearing about his personal relationships really humanizes him and then going a bit, a bit more into his depression um, it's hard to watch but it's good to watch Excellent good yes. choice outside Excellent. the box choice Alright Steve you gotta make this one short 
What's your What's your sure, final move my, you're going to talk about tonight? Sorry for um, going over and making you know the show run off the rails. Number one was Hereditary, which has been taken. So I'm trying to decide which of the ones to talk about, which I'll just pick one. Not First Reformed. I don't really want to talk about Upgrade. I don't really want to talk about El Royale. But I will talk about something that everyone else hated, which is Crimes of Grindelwald. Um, I loved Prisoner of Azkaban. I loved Half-Blood Prince. I didn't really like that much. I read all the books, but the the films were very lacking to me. Deathly Hallows 1 was good, but it was canceled out by 2. Didn't like Fantastic Beasts 1. People hate Johnny Depp. Um, It's a very significant fall from grace. I loved that film. I thought it was, if you want to talk about a film that's an allegorical film and a, and a mirror to our times, I went into that film with zero hope of liking it in any way based on what I'd heard, and I came out of it moved. I thought his performance was one of the best he has ever given in his life, in his very storied career. Say what you want about him. He is a very good actor, as we all know, uh, or, or, you know, is said, you know, we don't all know, whatever. I can't speak for everybody, but... He is an actor, and uh, he delivered what I thought was a powerful performance that touched on the dangers of fascism and how easy it is to be led into fascism and how fascism preys on outcasts and and, uh, not typically the people that you think that it possibly preys on and that the lines between good and evil are often muddied as fuck. And I thought that it was very... Um, horrendously judged, and I um, thought that uh, it was just an all-around fantastic film, and I hope they don't reactionarily recast him or minimize his role. All right. Well, so shout out to the new Harry Potter film. Aaron, you're closing out the night. What's the last film we're going to talk about before we leave for the evening? we got uh, about a minute. going to be it's going to be Black Panther as my number one, but instead, let's talk about Sorry to Bother You, which is an amazing film, uh, directorial debut from Boots Riley, a rapper who I can't wait to see what he does next. It is, by turns, fantasy, politics, horror, uh, set in Oakland, real Oakland, and uh, yeah, <laughs> real Oakland, yeah, just. Just some amazing shit thrown up on the screen. Uh, Boots Riley was quoted today as saying, we didn't really run a campaign, and that's why it wasn't nominated for anything. But uh, it made uh, Guillermo del Toro's 12 best of the year, and uh, if you like uh, political comedy and whatever, can't recommend it enough. Well, fantastic. So, folks, that was it. That was our Sexy Witch Round Robin. I also had Hereditary. I could talk about other films, but we'll talk. We'll save those for another podcast. Uh, But it's only two days away because Steve and I, please join us for the premiere episode of Season 2 of Repo Nerds, and we will talk about the Mads Milkinson and uh, his wonderful Mads. career and a couple of our favorite films that were snubbed for Oscar. Uh, and uh, the next Sexy Witches is actually, it's, get this, Rebo Nerds is actually going to be in the in the slot that normally would be for Rebo Nerds, and that would be February 12th. That's because that is a special week. I'm getting ready to go to one of my excursions this year. This year I'm going to go 
do Barcelona. And so that's going to be love in Spain week. So Repo, Repo Nerds will be uh, Pedro Almodovar. We'll talk about his films. And Sexy Witches will be yeah, on a well. special day and time that week. Wednesday, February 3rd, preview my uh, trip to Catalonia, but we'll have special guest Nina Oswego, geek girl extraordinaire and the lead singer of the metal band A Sound of Thunder. So that's all coming up. Great year coming up, San Diego Comic-Con. We have Neil Gaiman films coming out, the end of Game of Thrones, a lot of amazing mm-hmm. Brian Henson and the Dark Crystal is coming out this year. Yeah. A lot of amazing mm-hmm. geek things are happening for the sexy wishes All to talk about. Us. So see you next Thursday and uh, next and our next sexy witches in February. We're gonna leave with the obvious winner of Best Song this year, Shallow for Stars Born. Good night, yeah. everyone. Good film hunting. We're done. Sorry, that went an hour and two minutes. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? Thank you.